Cheers. Hello, hello. It's going. You, sir, are dedicated to the craft because in my current mood, if we were starting at 1245, 1250, I'd be like, fuck y'all. I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. You guys have a great night. Have fun. I (laughs) thought about it, but I'm here. Yeah, that's how it goes, dude. Um, That was me like two or three weeks ago. First episode that we recapped. Like when we hopped on, I was just like, I am not in the mood, but let's do this. Yep. But we got Jay motherfucking C in the house for yes. the first time in a long time. Rising from the ashes. Let's go. Like the <laughs> phoenix we all know he is. Josh. I don't know. If, I don't know for how long, but I'm here. <laughs> Josh. That's fair. The phoenix motherfucking chambers. Because <laughs> he's hot stuff. Fuck, he is on fuego. <sighs> 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 <laughs> what's up buddies how you doing oh every day is better every Dude, day is truly better you good. know what no matter what just know that your beard is looking pretty on point it looks good except for that that i don't that's that one stripe right no, that's there good. but you know it's whatever. it's good can i can it's I a wisdom one? stripe yes can i make one suggestion if you have the ability to do so because i know everybody's beard grows a little bit differently i have a hard time doing it but ideally wait which way am i turning you want to grow it up a little bit higher. Oh, wait, maybe it was just the angle I was looking at. Yeah, I was going to say, no, he's got yeah, his, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, his goes up angle. pretty high, yeah. Yeah, never mind, disregard he's got previous a nice, statement. Yeah. The ones that really make me laugh are the ones that you see where they start it right at the chin line, and the then they have the beard. It's like the Amish look. I'm like, fuck yeah, yeah bro. Oh, I, I'll send you a pic later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh my one time I was trying to trim up my beard and i fucking just <laughs> wrecked it over here thankfully over here on the side and not here um but i did it and i came out and i looked at Karina and i said look i just <laughs> did this i can't fucking save it because if i trim it up i have to bring the bottom all the way up to my jawline and that doesn't look right either i, no. I did that once remember well of course you guys have seen the beard it, i mean when yeah. it was longer when i was trimming it i got a little too close like right there and that's why i took it like down mm-hmm. and now i'm like starting to love the length again yeah so yeah i had to obviously sh- I, I was gonna shave it down to a goatee and i was like fuck it i'll just do what i have to do mm-hmm. and i right. so- just trimmed one side and took a photo because i had the fucking monkey tail going <laughs> <laughs> all the way around like, i still have uh, that picture it's a solid fucking photo <laughs> i'm half naked right. in it it's yeah, hot it's it's a hot photo. It's on Whoa. my OnlyFans. Go check it out. I'm joking. I don't have an OnlyFans. Link, link in the description. <laughs> yet. Yet. Dude, my OnlyFans would just be like photos of my collection of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Dude. All right, Tony, tell me the story. What's up with the Be a Goldfish? I need to know. I've seen it for two episodes now, and I don't have an answer. Um, It's from Ted Lasso. So it's basically about um living in the moment. Don't focus on the past. So. Be like a goldfish. I like it. So kind of like, um, oh, who do we got now? <laughs> the oh only God. other person. It could Ceiling. be someone. It could be someone new. Who knows? Somebody new. No, it's not. There's <laughs> uh, some yeah. other bold guy. That's me, dude. That's it's, me. Who is this guy? Text me that, Tony. <laughs> it's the same fan. What did he text you? 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my God. So, <laughs> so every episode, like while we're talking, Tony always texts me like everything that I say, like, or we say we're going to link in the description or whatever. And he just sent me link Rick's OF. WW <laughs> 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 Ahsoka, stop sniffing my ass. Get out of here. <laughs> Wait, it's wait, wait. Strange That's website. Dot com. Right? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Dot biz. Dot biz. <laughs> Where is this going? Oh, my God. Corey, you just came in at the wrong time there, buddy. Or the right time. time. Or the right yeah. time. Right Hive mine. Hive mine. Hive mine. Already. We're going big tonight. I'm excited. Um, we got the whole team here. I'm yeah. stoked. I was about to start singing DMX, but I'm going to hold that one back for later. <laughs> well, it, it, like, like I said in the beginning, I don't know. For how I know long. that's OK. That's it's that's fair. Yeah, but Josh, we can't stop dropping open up shop all by ourselves. <laughs> uh, you make me lose my mind up in here, up in here. <laughs> it's getting hot. In here. It's better than nothing. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna take off all my clothes. (laughs) No, sir. That's Nelly. Naked. It's gonna be full naked. (laughs) That was Nelly. We were quoting DMX, but I know I went Nelly because I'm a Missouri guy. Come on. Well, before oh, never mind. I was gonna try to explain something, but it would have killed it. So I just killed it on its own. Don't kill the joke. Let it be. (laughs) It's a faux pas. Oh my god. Have I told you how much I miss you guys, Dude. dude? Dude, I'm like I can't even like explain, you know how much I miss you all. Oh, we miss you so much, man. I'm so glad you decided to hop on tonight, even just for a little, you know, even if it's just for a little bit for the intro. I don't even care. Like, well, we we had we had big plans. There was big plans for tonight, and then we're like on backup plans. And then I'm like, well, we have some downtime. What's oh, I'll be back. (laughs) I gotta go. I miss some people. Right. Josh is doing the classic male pregame. I enjoy it. I love it. Oh, uh, we had steak, we had potatoes, we had whiskey, we had joints. Yeah. Yeah, classic male pregame. Sounds like a perfect Friday night. We almost we almost went karaoke. Oh that's shit. always fun too. Yeah. And I still young. I sing back that ass up at karaoke because everyone's just saying <laughs> slow, really slow. I dug my keys <laughs> into the side. And so I just get up there, back that ass up and just gotta change I love the it. mood. I, awesome. I got the uh, everything about you by Ugly Kid Joe, you know, um, some Afro Man, uh, some Garth Brooks. I'm a little all over the place. Oh, dude, I go straight to the Brother Lynch. Oh shit! Oh, that went over a couple people's heads. Karina. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't go over my Brother head. Lynch. I don't know who Brother Lynch. On yeah, his, no, yeah. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I gotta see. We going to Reno? No, I've only done. <laughs> I've only done karaoke twice. Both times I was completely shit faced where I should not have had a mic because I couldn't even speak correctly. And we decided the first time to do uh, Johnny Cash. Oh, which one is it? Um, fuck, I just remember the line. I shot Ring of Fire. No, I shot a man in Reno. Mm. Just, just watch, watch him die. die. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I couldn't even remember the fucking lyrics to that. And that song's so slow. So that was karaoke stays strictly in the awesome prison out. blues. There we go. Yep. There you there go. go. Yeah. I like it. Like it. But uh, karaoke to the song uh, tequila where it's just music. And it's yes. tequila. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I saw one of those scenes uh, online. It was like, if you had to sing one song word for word and not get any words incorrect, 
for a million dollars, what song would you pick? And everybody's like, oh, Bon Jovi, Living on a Prayer. And I was like, why wouldn't you take the simple answer and do like Happy Birthday? Right? <laughs> or the ABC. Because you get sued. That is true. Yeah. Touche. Touche. Well, they Mary had, had a little lamb. They had right? a thing that said, if you think about, think about it, Happy Birthday song was probably someone who forgot a present and just made it up on the spot. And if you think about it, it completely sounds that. <laughs> It's just a completely wing song. Have you? Uh, have you oh guys? my god! I can he's see like, that being its originality. Yeah, he's like, right? "Happy birthday to you! Happy have birthday you... to you!" <laughs> <laughs> have you guys ever seen the league? Yeah, yes. yeah. not in a long time though. It yeah. just it just made me think of when Taco sang his niece that happy birthday song, and it was all <laughs> about her parents getting it on. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched that episode like two weeks ago. <laughs> That's such a great show. That's funny. Uh, th- oh, uh, this this World Series game's going to next ratings, dude. It won't end. Go dude. Philly! Oh, no, dude, Philly. stop that! Oh, oh stop come that. on, man! I can't root for cheaters. <laughs> Well, I'm a Saints fan. We don't care about those type of things. <laughs> You're an Saints fan. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, you know the team bounty. Let's go after Favre. You know, whatever. Dude, I, I'm do just, what you gotta do. Oh, my God. Full transparency. I made a meme, and it was about being a Saints fan, <laughs> and I decided against it because it was just too much. It was, was. It's a little much. It was too much. I was like, no, nah, I can't do that. Me and Corey are boys. I don't like, want them to hate me. Mariota right. better step up. He's my he's my quarterback this week. Uh, mm. Yeah, I'm riding Brady straight to no nowhere. So yeah, yeah. yeah I'm anyways. loving it. This is the best thing that could ever have happened to Brady, and I'm here for it. Yeah, well, you know what? It's uh, the only people that have ever taken a ring from Brady is what Eli uh, and Nick Foles, Nick Foles, and now Giselle. Mm. So yeah, <laughs> too soon. Too no. Soon? Day of, I love it. He, deser- he deserves all the hate, all okay. of it. Real quick, because I don't want us to have too long of an intro, and this is already fire. But I have to know, have, Tony. I know you haven't quite started on it yet, or you're getting just ready to get started on it. But has anybody else watched House of the Dragon yet? I haven't like finished s- it, but yeah, six episodes in. Six episodes. What do you? You're further than me. Uh, I'm at zero negative episodes. Negative oh, okay. episodes. He doesn't do Game of Thrones. Yeah. All right. Then I'm just going to send you the cool shit. Like so, what happened this last episode? Just like that. Last Dude, I just want to say, like, I was actually really fucking shocked when I put that thing up on our Instagram and there was so many responses. Like there was probably another like 15 to 17 responses mm. that I didn't respond to because they were all just like the same thing pretty much, you know? But I was actually really shocked. They answered that shit more than they answer the challenge shit that we ask on our page. Like, <laughs> I got more answers on the Game of Thrones thing or on the House of Dragons thing than I did on the MVP thing v- when yep. I was, yeah, for <laughs> challenge MVP. So I was like, I thought that was pretty interesting. There's a lot of fucking House of Dragon fans out there that, that listen oh, to yeah. us. So what up, guys? <laughs> That's a huge fan base. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so big. That's what she said. Hey, yo. Hey, welcome to the Challenge Fandom Podcast. <laughs> At least you didn't make a small joke this time. Oh, well, it's still early. It's hard. in his pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I want to go cry. Love you, brother. Uh, no, it's all good, buddy. <laughs> I love you, too. You guys want to get into this? Should we get uh, yeah, the we ball can, rolling? We Josh, how much time do you have? I have Josh time. Okay, so at any given moment. Yeah. Totally. I may leave in any given moment. I may come back. No, I wouldn't do that to Karina. 
Just don't do it like three times. Yeah. I, no, I, I won't. I'm, I'm, I'm here. Once I get off, I'll be get off. That, yeah, same. Oh my God. <laughs> Make an appointment for next week because then you have me again. Thank uh, you guys. Make sure to tip your waitresses. I'm out. <laughs> Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us at the Challenge Fandom Podcast. We've got another episode of the Challenge Trash Talk Roundtable where we're going to be recapping MTV's The Challenge Rider Dies, Episode 3, A Bumpy Ride. A Bumpy Ride. That felt so dramatic. It did. Yeah. This show, this episode was kind of dramatic. I'm gonna it, be honest. it was very fucking dramatic. Yes. It was a bumpy ride. I mean, if nothing else, it was long. Yeah. <laughs> It was long. Yo, Raven's feet looked bumpy after that elimination. <laughs> Just putting that out there. That was rough. <laughs> so were her feet. It was a bumpy ride. <laughs> there is plenty of analogies coming tonight <laughs> leading back to Raven's feet. So I hope you guys have a pen and paper and keep track because we might do a giveaway. We're not doing a giveaway. It we're just not, sounded fun. Not right now. We're still trying to get all the shit for our last one. We haven't forgot about you guys. We're just have the keychains even fucking came No, in they haven't shown up what and the, the shirt fuck? is still on back order. So Good I already Lord. I've reached out to you guys, but we haven't forgotten. We're just all of a sudden our supplier is like disappeared off the face of the earth. Not really, but anyway, moving on. Anyway, I just want to kind of put this out there i'm really sick of them purposely doing these lame ass cliffhangers of like who's coming on who's the surprise it's like we know who's coming on you've been advertising it this whole goddamn time yeah the entire episode zero was the six people who are coming in talking about the entire rest of the cast at a table together yeah but it's like this huge surprise like it's not a fucking surprise like you could have brought on jordan and niece at the same time but instead we get like 10 minutes of filler of Anissa on this one instead of getting it last episode and then just moving forward. Yeah. We got exactly. a whole week of suspense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Well, well, you say it's not a surprise, but I saw a post on one of the fan pages that some person was like, oh, the house is going to be shaken when they see that that's CT walking through. I saw uh, that. I, I saw, saw that too. That, and yeah. I wasn't sure if they were serious or if they were just like, God, I hope they were doing serious. something that one of us would do. No, they were serious because I read through the comments and then later down in the comments, he, he had, he had, he didn't reply directly to anyone. He just made his own comment. Yeah. And people just weren't seeing it. And so they just kept going and whatever. But I saw him write a comment and he said something. He was like, oh, he's like, thank you guys so much for letting me know. I seriously did think that it was probably going to be CT. And he was like, I could have sworn somewhere that I saw that they called him for this show or whatever. And, you know, which they probably did. And he turned him down because he's filming movies, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, he was actually like he literally I felt so bad. I was like, dude, you're going to be not disappointed, but. Different pointed. You're going to be yeah, different pointed for sure, because it's not CT. I promise you that. <laughs> I'd be like, I'll bet right now it's not yeah, CT. Bet a hundred. hundred bucks. Right hundred bucks. Let's do it. Shake on it. Digital shake. <laughs> Let's do this. Cash app. Right. So, like, I'll bet you a hundred bucks is Darrell and Veronica. I, 
I did find it funny though. Like, so obviously like they bring Anissa out and then they do that like montage of like why Anissa and Jordan are partners. <laughs> no reasons. <laughs> no reasons. For their like friend, like photo, like together, they just took like a cast photo where Jordan and Anissa happen to be standing next to each other on a dirty 30 cast photo and just like cropped it down to just them. But you can still see like other people's arms and like you can tell it's a cast photo. I was just like, oh my God, you guys like. What the they fuck? showed the five positive interactions they've had over <laughs> 10 years on the show. Yeah, That's what TJ said. He's like, true, right or dies. And then when they came in, or right before they came in, he's like, or they'd be considered frenemies. And I was yeah. like, well, which, one, which one is it? <laughs> yeah. What are we what are we doing here? You know, like and they could have made a spin on that, too. You know, they could have like, I don't know. They could have spun that a different way and like gave them like mercenary titles as like frenemies coming in to invade kind of a thing you know what i mean like they could have put a better spin on on these people coming in but that would be giving the benefit of the doubt to production to think on their feet which has been proven (laughs) numerously that not do that or they they could have went tori and anisa true rider dies jordan and tori used to be true rider dies so by correlation (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's really what it came down yeah. to though like they've known each other and been in a room for 32 seconds oh my gosh. i do find it i do find it interesting though that this is the second time that anisa has been partnered in between like a really messy couple that sh- where she's like is like friends with both sides because i i don't necessarily want to say that like Anissa and jordan are ride or dies but they you know they are friends and they do have a, a sort of relationship because of the tory thing but you know, this happened to Anissa on Rivals with DM and CT. And she was like, it, it, she was stuck in the middle of that shit. And it was, it was messy as fuck. So I'm curious to see how this is going to turn out. Can I, this is off subject and I'll be really quick about it, but this is the one part of the flagship of the challenge that I hate is that every season we get a group of rookies and then every season we get the same fucking thing, which is, Let's vote out all the rookies for the first three to four weeks and then go at it. It's just it's the same fucking storyline over and over. And I think maybe that's why we were all so moved by Challenge USA was it was a completely different dynamic to the show. It just I'm just putting that out there. Agreed. This well, this season almost was. And then they're like, hey, let's systematically over the first three weeks, bring in vets to replace the people who are getting voted out. So even if the rookies get a leg up, they're just going to replace them with vet vet pairs yep. to keep the yeah. balance on. I, I, it was yeah. lame to do it like that. At this point, I'm just like, all right, when are we going to get the vets to start turning on turning on each other right now? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like right now, if basically, if you look at Horacio and Olivia, they're the most likely pair for the vets to try to pull in to use against the other vets yeah. while they're still numbers. And I think that those two are also probably the way that you can bring Bamber and Chauncey and Jay and Michelle back into the fold. Right. Because I'm really not liking how once again, Jay and Michelle are being referred to as rookies and Bamber is totally just being sort of cast aside. She's in like no man's land. Yeah. And she's a champ. Yeah. They actually refer bananas referred to Jay and Michelle as rookies. Yeah. Uh, so Jay is not a rookie to me. He is now a vet. This is his 
third season. Yeah. Yeah, third season. He's taken out a fucking legend in an elimination. Yeah, he's, he's won a f- more than one elimination. He's you won know, a he's daily. One day. Know. Yeah. Like he's got he's, he's got vet. vet status. Yeah. Michelle, I would I mean, if they're going She's by the traditional if they're going by the traditional definition of what a rookie is, which is three seasons or less, then yes, Michelle is still a rookie. Amber is no longer a rookie. She's a vet. This is her third season, and yeah. she's a fucking champ. Yeah. Her boyfriend is a rookie by the purest definition. You know, and, well, and I think that that's and what they're just, doing too. Is like even if a vet, you know, someone who's played the game before, even once or twice, if they're paired with somebody who's never played the game before or who has played very little of the game, like Jay and Michelle, I think it's just, they're just being grouped together. You know what I mean? As just well, these are rookies. You know what I mean? Like because. Even Laurel and Jack got saved because Jack is a rookie. And so they just kind of got grouped together as a rookie team because of Jack. So I and I think it's going it's happening on both sides, on the rookie side and on the vet side where they're just grouping them together that way. But I don't know. I think it would just be really smart if someone was in the vets had kind of like a side thing, because obviously all the vets are working together. Right. Like bananas, uh, banana or banani. Dave and Dave, Jordan and Anissa, Laurel and Jack seem to all be the that kind of main four. And Fessy and Mariah are kind of like the outliers. Same with Nelson and Nerese. Which, again, like Nelson is more seasoned than half of the people. Yeah, there. Exactly. exactly. But they're still putting him in no man's land. Yeah. But like, how smart would it be for like Dave and Dave to create like kind of a side alliance of Nelson, mm-hmm. Nerese, Amber, Chauncey. Yep. And then, you like know, Jay and Michelle. Yeah. Yeah. Or, and then add in Ara- uh, Horatio. Horatio and Olivia. I mean, like, that's a solid fucking, you're covering yourself on both sides at that point. Well, so see, just- and what, what I think that needs to happen and what I really would like to see happen is we need a rookie team, probably Horatio and Olivia, because they're the strongest rookie pairing at this point. We need them to win and send all vet pairs into the elimination because it's going to force people to make those decisions down in the draw and it's going to force the vets to kind of put out yeah put out you know lay out their lines and show where their cards are laying and i think that that would really stir up the game so like obviously we'll get into it but when horatio and olivia were doing so good today i was just like i was pulling for er, in the eliminate or in the daily i was pulling for them so hard because I was like, God, they need to win this daily. But you know, anyway, yeah. we'll get into that. Well, that's why they like the sending rookies over and over. That's why they got to go back to last place team goes in because that gives them a little bit of protection. And then yep. it takes up more time of the episode. You get to see the daily all the way from first place to last place instead of first place. Well, it's over. I mean, and now it's honest, all politics with the yep. daily to this week. I would have been okay with not seeing the whole thing. Like, yeah, it was, I'm sorry. It was, it was just so like, lame. Uh, all right, cool. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with single level Donkey Kong. No, it's <laughs> it's fine. It's just not entertaining at all. Like, yeah, it wasn't fun to watch at all. I don't at even least, think it was fun to do. Like, at least put him in a fucking chicken costume so we can laugh or something. Something. <laughs> you know what I mean? But anyways, the whole reason I brought that whole that whole alliance and went off the rails is because I was I saw in the notes that up next we were talking about how Jordan and Anissa show up. They get into the house and Banana starts breaking down everything that's going on to Jordan. So yeah. you know that they're right, they're, it's already been enveloped. It's this fucking vet group. And I mean, the downside is, is we've got 
probably two or three more weeks of just nothing but rookies if it goes spies, lies, and allies direction. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it goes any season direction. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we get lucky and a rookie gets in there and, and spices it up a little bit. But <laughs> I mean, it, it, and I think that speaks to the larger theme that people have been saying about the the numbers being down on the show. But I mean, they're also like not really down that much because it's on MTV. So it's not even a main channel. Right. Like if you look at it in contrast to like the challenge USA, it's on CBS. It's on a much bigger network. Yeah. But if you look at like double agents and spies lies, they were closer like the 700,000 mark where mm-hmm. this current yeah. one's closer like to the four to five. So they're not doing as hot. No. But it also doesn't take in how many people are watching online. And that's why I hate that's why I hate the ratings and stuff. Maybe it's because everything's on fucking Wednesday night at nine (laughs) o'clock. Yeah. Look, uh, perhaps could we get a fucking Tuesday, perhaps a Thursday, right? (laughs) Maybe Wednesday at 10 o'clock. Yeah, maybe just a different time of day. (laughs) Oh, no, ours is. So what time does it come on for you guys? Uh, So so Survivor and the challenge come on at nine. Yeah. Okay. And it comes on at eight for us. Eight yeah. for us. Yeah. And then if you want to watch Amazing Race the same night, you have to wait an hour for the love boat to be over. <laughs> so basically, we watch Survivor and then the challenge. And then usually we go to bed and watch Amazing Race the next day. That's fair. Yeah. 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 We've been doing Wednesday night's challenge, then Ink Master. And then Thursday, we tried to do Survivor. I wasn't able to do it because it was our son's last football game. Yeah, last night. Yeah. Yeah. But Karina got through Survivor. I will stick around for most of it. I will try to give some color commentary. I didn't get through all of it, though. So. And there was no Ink Master this week. Yeah, there was. Yeah, there was. Not for me. There's still only eight episodes. Oh, I don't actually man. know when it shows up on Paramount Plus. Like I, I get notifications from like Apple TV, and I just haven't yet. And I don't actually pay attention to when I get them, mm. so I don't know what day it actually drops. I can't tell if Corey's watching TV or is frozen. <laughs> oh my god! Look at his face. He's frozen. Look at his face. Okay. Oh my I god! Like, I couldn't tell. I was like, <laughs> that, that, was a, that was a really bad freeze. <laughs> yeah, my internet just really got out of control. Yeah, I know. All of a sudden, I looked down and I had to interrupt Tony because you're just doing this. And I was like, I don't know if like Corey you were rolling your eyes at us. Corey was frozen or just watching TV and you just never moved. And I was like, oh, he's frozen. Okay. Well, my he's screen like, just got stuck with Tony's mouth open. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> what is happening? I was in shock. <laughs> Oh, my God. That was amazing. All but, right. Anyway, sorry, on. getting back into it. So obviously, Bananas tells Jordan all about the rundown on the rookie alliance and lumping Jay and Michelle into that. Um, Next, we get the whole Nurice, Johnny and Raven God. talk. Uh, and I Nerys, fast forwarded the one on three watch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, it's just it's so highly edited. And from what we've heard, it is nothing in reality to what actually happened so i don't yeah. even see yeah. the point in recapping it because no. i don't have any fucking idea what really happened because i hear their buddy buddy but from everything we've heard online and through lives from cast is there there were fights and arguments there was we, an unaired fight between raven yeah. and narice like all kinds of crazy shit and yeah. yeah it was just it was a messy moment 
And it was just I would love it, to honestly unneeded. It. Yeah. I mean, if it was that messy, I'm fine without it. Look, a little bit of mess makes the show good to me. So like I know. But it, yeah, but it's not even that kind of messy. Like it was just I don't know. Let me rephrase it. I like messy when it's game related to a degree. If they would have aired the fight. But you can't just like air part of what's going yeah. on and then not the other part because then it just it just looks it's just stupid, you know. Because yeah, if drama, sorry, go ahead. All I was gonna say, if it, because if we talk about what they actually aired, it just shows Narice and Raven being besties, talking about how they're okay with one another and how it's all Johnny's fault. And Johnny telling Raven that she's more important than Narice, which, which is, I'm sure Narice loved. <laughs> yeah, but but you know it's just the. But anyways, Tony, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, if it's drama related to the actual game and related to the gameplay going forward, I'm totally on board for it being there. To me, the whole Johnny Raven Nari situation is something that's going on between the three of them. And we just like happen to accidentally catch part of it. And now we're just constantly being like given tiny snippets more when in reality, it's something between three people that does not implicate like it doesn't come into the game at all. Right. Other than who Nuris is rooting for in the elimination. Like that's legitimately <laughs> the only piece that comes into play. Yeah, I agree. But I did find the next scene pretty interesting. This is where Tori and Anissa are sitting in bed and they're kind of talking about Jordan. And, you know, Tori's talking about how, you know, she's healed so much. And, you know, if this had happened, you know, six months ago, she wouldn't have been able to deal with it, et cetera. But she does say that every time she sees Fessy, He's just a walking, talking mistake. And I know that there has been a lot of messy shit going on online from this. Fessy is talking all kinds of shit on on. uh, You know what? Rightfully so. I'm not even mad about Fessy on this (laughs) one, because when a woman tells you that you are a walking mistake after you guys have had relations together, you are allowed to clap back. That is per. Look, Perfectly here's, okay for here's me. my thing. I've got no shame in yeah, that. Yeah, here's my thing. I'm not upset that Fessy's clapping back on on social media about this. I obviously, like, obviously, I ha- I stand with Tori on this, and and oh, I don't doubt her. I don't doubt her at all. The, but... What the fuck she was doing? But at the same time, like, it's like you know what, Fessy kind of deserves this clap back because not only is she now called him a walking, talking mistake, but when she first came back to Spies, Lies, and Allies last season, if you remember, one of the first things she talked about was how small his weenie thingy is. And Ew. so, you know, it's like these things, she whoa, just whoa, keeps whoa, taking whoa, whoa, shots whoa. We're at We're not him. body shaming people. We're hey. not. But I'm just saying she keeps taking <laughs> shots at him. And, you know, eventually... So he clapped back and and called her easy and you know whatever it's fair I I can't I can't be mad about it I just I'm just glad I'm not as tall as Fessy so I'm more proportioned you know he's a big guy <laughs> um <laughs> oh I'm sorry not Fessy F- Fessel 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 yeah he's going by Fessel this season and you know what. I'm going to try to respect it. I'm going to do yeah. my best, you guys. I, if I do call him Fessy, it's not like I'm not trying to be a dick. It's just habit. I do want to try to respect that he's trying to True. you know, go by his name and by his culture and shed light on that. And and I respect that. So I am going to try to be respectful and I am going to try to remember to call him Fessel. But. Shout out to TJ because TJ, every time. TJ did it every time. He did, yeah. but you can catch where he's catching himself because there's like a little pause before he says Fessel's name. And it's like you can tell he, he's like thinking about it. He's like Fessel, Fessel. 
I'm just trying to find a synonym of messy that rhymes with Fessel. <laughs> it's it's not an easy find, but yeah, I'll, I'll just maybe I'll just call him Fessel the Messel. I don't know. <laughs> it works. We're, Probably we're, best we're, you don't get. It's it's a work in progress. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> you know, and here's my thing is very much like Johnny said, or and when I say Johnny, I mean bananas, because as much as Johnny Middlebrooks is on the show, there's only one Johnny on this show, in my opinion. <laughs> that's and that's, it. And there's that Johnny Bananas. But Johnny says it. He's like, he can change the name to Fessel or whatever, but he is always messy, fessy. Yeah. And it's true. Well, yeah. Casey said it too. And mm-hmm. Fessel did not deny it no. yeah or like or even question around it no he didn't no. he was like well you know actually i don't know about that <laughs> i just love how this went from that to like a you know uh, that moment of like i'm doing this to to bring like awareness to my culture and you know all of that which is is completely commendable and i give it to fessel aka fessy aka messy fessy mm-hmm. that he wants to do that and it's really cool but I loved how they transitioned from that right into Bananas outing him for basically having a rotating, <laughs> lo- like a stable of women just rotating through his bed. And Bananas of all people shedding light on it. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. You ain't got no room to talk, Bananas. Yeah. Shut up. We do, there was footage of you getting caught with Casey in a closet. Let's, let's be yeah. honest here. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but, but I'm just going to be honest. That was that was quite a collection. What? That was Michelle. Michelle. Laurel. Laurel Annalise. Flirting with Annalise Colleen. and Colleen. Yeah. yeah. And Colleen. Yeah. But I heard that, like, I think you were telling me that, like, Jay has got the same, like, rotation. <laughs> I don't know if it's the same girls. And actually, Tony was telling me. I'm not sure where he heard it. But, yeah, apparently, Jay also had a rotate, a regular rotation of women uh in and out of his bed through the season so yeah i had said that it was on um one of the many lives that narice has done oh that's right yeah since the show started um and for what i don't even know how i found it because i've never watched one um but (laughs) there was a a clip that somebody had retweeted or something yeah and what the one that i watched just happened to be about her saying that like absolutely everybody was hooking up with everyone so it's (laughs) Strange that like Fessel was the one person that they focused on, but it, he was not the only one. Sounds he's like the, the Olympic Village over there. He's the Corey right now. Like he's the Corey. Yeah, he is. Oh, not me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> no, no. He's he's the Corey of the challenge right now. The the Corey W. <laughs> well, I like how you said his name means decision maker, but Google says. Something different. It, you know what? It's weird though because when I so I saw that post, somebody posted in the group. Posted in. I don't know who posted in the Jesus group. Christ. Sorry. I anyway, didn't so someone remember. someone posted anonymously in our group, and uh, <coughs> they had. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the normal anonymous poster, but anyway, they had taken a screenshot of like uh, googling what uh, Fessel means in. Arabic and they had taken a screenshot of Google and it did not say anything about like a decision maker. I went ahead and I went and Googled as well. And I found several sites that had different things. Like one of them said judge, which could be, you know, translated to like a decision maker. And then there were other ones that said different things. I I don't know. I think like, and that's the thing with like name meanings is there's no real like 100% actual factual site that you can 100% trust. 
to know what that means. So I'm going to take Fessy's word on this. And I know that that probably is like weird for most of you because I'm usually just hating on Fessy on Fessel. But I'm just going to take his word on this one because I don't really fucking know. Yeah. With the meanings and names, you can look, you can, you can really pick whatever one you choose. There's so yeah. many different options, whatever one suits you best. And stubborn was not the one he wanted to choose, I suppose. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just think it's interesting that it's like it, I saw one of the definitions in it. You know, obviously one of the synonyms of it was decisive, and I was like, that was the most undi- indecisive motherfucker I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> he can't even choose what socks he wants to wear into an elimination. Well, that's because he gave him to Josh. Yeah, oh true. dear God! Yeah, the I think, socks. That's great. I think we got Corey on frozen mode right now. Oh, is he frozen? I think again? he's super attentive. He is. He hasn't, <laughs> he hasn't breathed or moved his head oh, once. Man. And I know we're on 5G, so it can't be on our end. I don't know what's going on. And Tony would let us yeah, know we're if on it 5G. was us. And yeah, and Tony would be messing up. He's restarting his Wi-Fi. Okay. Okay. So All right. in, after this, after the whole outing of uh, Fessy having the rotating women in his bed to cuddle with, as much as he's going to go by Fessel and he wants to go by Fessel and more respect that, he is still messy Fessy. Because he can't get through a single fucking episode without fucking something up. But anyways, we get to the daily next. And uh, the name of this daily is called Build Me Up. And they're going to be broken up into uh, two heats where half of all the teams will go first. And what they'll have to do is run down this stretch of fuck. I don't know. So they have they have a course set up. Um, They have to run to the end of the course and where there's going to be six giant like wine barrels. And they have to move them to the first station. Stack all six of them, climb them, and set off the flare at the top. They have to continue that for three stations. And then after they set off the flare at their third station, they then have to move all six barrels to the finish line and stack them properly there. And that's where their time will be stopped. There's going to be two heats. The fastest pair out of those two heats will win. Interesting fact, by the way. Third episode, first daily that we haven't lost somebody or added somebody. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah. so here's my thing. Like, yeah, this is a this is a good limit or a good daily for you know endurance and kind of seeing where people are at, but mm-hmm. also that weight carrying that, especially for the smaller teams, it yeah. was it, it was such a disadvantage, especially to people like Tommy and Annalise. Yeah, but that's that's the challenge. You no, know, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, not, seen, I'm not saying they shouldn't do it. I've, I'm just I've saying. seen a lot of people like complaining about that. It's not fair. It's not even. It's not well. It's not supposed to be. Because there's a lot, there's never, it's never going to be 100% even for everybody. There's always going to be somebody who excels in a certain area that's going to have the advantage in that challenge. And that's just the way that it goes, you know, and one day could be your day. And then the next day is not your day, you know, and that's just how it is. It was also a tremendously boring daily to watch. That is factual. It it definitely was. Don't worry. We got a lot of footage about it. (laughs) We did. (laughs) Look, I'm going to keep this really short and sweet the first heat is casey kenny uh the targaryens fessy i'm sorry Faisal, <laughs> mariah tommy annalise nurice nelson the daves and then jay and michelle it here i'm gonna let you go through this because these are your notes i don't want to fuck this up because i'm i can make it easier yeah so nurice was the one who called out nelson this time for not winning a daily rather than production for the first time in three episodes but Nelson owns it and he needs to he needs to just own that shit. Make it yours. Take the power and just fucking own that shit, Nelson. Like, fuck it. Well, and then like bananas at the start of the episode was like, it'll be interesting to see if Nelly or 
Fessel wins the daily so that they can actually decide. And it was like, cool. So one of the two of them is winning the daily. Yep. And then it was the two of them in first and second for the duration of that heat. I know. And Nelson was so fucking close. Like they were what, maybe like one or two barrels behind Fessy and Mariah, yeah. like the whole time. It was it was interesting to to watch. Like I was pulling for Nelson, obviously, like at this point in the episode, I'm OK. I'm on an OK level with Fessy, but I still am like a big Nelson fan. So yeah. I was definitely pulling for Nelson. I really wanted him to win. Can, oh, I'm sorry. I'm so no, sorry. you're good. Go no, ahead. I thought you were done. I, I apologize. I was going to say the one thing I was most surprised about this was like Fessy was actually working with Mariah yeah. really well and being like actually encouraging and not demanding or typical Fessy, which mm-hmm. so props also to you wrote that. that down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so. interesting. Yeah. It was, it was really kind. It was definitely a different side to Fessel that we have not gotten to see in my opinion. And maybe it's because, you know, I mean, obviously like we've questioned how close these quote writer dies are all season. I don't know much about Fessel and Mariah, so I have no idea what the extent of their friendship truly is outside the house, but that could be it. Maybe, you know, they are close and Fessel really cares about her and knows her and is comfortable with her and she's comfortable with him. And, you know, so maybe that's where the difference is. Or maybe he finally is just like listening to the fans and like notice that we don't like when you treat people like shit. I doubt the second one. I think it's probably closer to the first one. But (laughs) anyway, I did find that was interesting. And then (laughs) I thought it was really cute. Like, obviously, Tommy and Annalise were struggling so hard through this entire challenge. They were in last place the whole time. And they knew that there was like no way that they were going to win this. But number one, they kept pushing through and they continued to compete, even though they knew they weren't going to win. And I think that's very admirable. And then I think it was at like the second station. They hit their flare and then Tommy gets down and he does like a high kick when he's like jumping off the barrels. And I was just like, you know what? I love that. Like, even if you know you're not going to win, like have fun with it. Enjoy what you're doing. Try to make the most out of the moment. And I think that that's what Tommy was doing in that moment. And it just, it made me like him. I, lo- I love him already, but it made me like him even a little bit more. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, and Tommy's just in over the top. Like, even episode one, when they were, did the bar scene and he, like, fucking crowd surfed. I yes. love that shit. That was Devin's idea, too. And I loved it. I yeah. love them together. I did love the part where Jordan was talking about Devin and Tori being a good yeah. team together. I thought Likewise. that was really. Yeah. And you can kind of tell it's hard for Jordan to still talk about Tori, like in a current sense and not about like, yeah, you know, things that happened in the past, like because you can tell he's still processing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was a really sweet thing of him to say. And, and I think he realizes that especially winning with Sarah, how much communication in a partnership on the challenge is key. And yes. they have yeah. really great communication. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, and he says that he's, you know, excited that she finally has a good teammate, which was surprising to hear because I didn't really expect Jordan to look at Devin as, you know, like being like a good teammate for Tori to, you know, potentially do really well with. So that was cool to hear. Uh, so anyway, it, you know, long story short, Fessy and Mariah end up winning this heat. They do really well. They worked really well together. Yeah. And, you know, I was thoroughly impressed with them both. Mariah was struggling, but she continued to push on. She didn't slow down and she got it done. And, you know, props to her for that. And props to to Fessel for communicating, communicating and motivating his partner properly. Productively. And 
Yeah, exactly. You know, so I, I, I'll give him that. Yeah. So after this, after, you know, obviously the, the announcement of Fessy and Mariah winning their heat, we get heat number two, and that's going to be Raven and Johnny, Banani, Bamber and Chauncey, Laurel and Jack, Olivia and Horatio, and then Anissa and Jordan. And to me, like, once I saw this heat, I was like, oh, okay, this is where the heavy hitters are. Like, yeah. I want to see what happens yeah. with these. And look, I know we've been talking, especially after last week, like, wow, Horatio and Olivia are looking really tough. They really surprised, <clears throat> really surprised me in this daily Yeah, with how good they looked, especially against this level of competition in this daily. Yeah. I agree. You know they smoked I mean? bananas. Yeah, they did. They smoked bananas. They smoked Laurel and Jack. They, they smoked, smoked Bamber. They smoked Nisa and Jordan, obviously. Yeah. You know, like, they did really good. Yeah. I was also really impressed with how good Johnny and Raven did because they, I didn't expect them to go out yeah. and, and handle a, a, a daily like this that well. But they did yeah. really well, especially with all the issues they're having in their in their, you know, ride or die partnership. It was just it was refreshing to see them actually work together and, you know, come out on top. I'm just yeah. going to I'm going to say this and I'll even give it a half second to see if Corey can hop in. because I know, I know he's Corey, our right, residential. He's uh, you know, Love Island expert. Am I here? Yeah, there you here. are. Here. Hey. hey, I'm connected to my phone hotspot. I don't know what's going on with my Wi-Fi at all. It is not That's wild. But I was gonna just say we're talking about the daily. We're in heat two, where Olivia and Horatio are just kind of smoking everybody except for Raven and Johnny. Mm-hmm. And the more, not so much on the show, but the more I've seen like of Johnny doing his lives and some of his content online, I actually kind of like the guy. Like, and I'd be really interested in seeing him in future seasons, too. Yeah. Because he is a fan of the show, and I've heard him talk about it, and he's somewhat knowledgeable from what I can tell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, he's uh, he's entertaining for sure, but there's three people from Love Island that I want on the challenge. Johnny was one. Cinco from mm. Challenge USA was another. And the guy, Corey, Olivia's guy from Love Island, he's a pretty stocky guy, seems athletic. But I think there's... He never even got a call or anything for USA or oh, wow. the main show from what I've seen on Instagram. Wild. So I thought it was really cool just kind of how we had the the scene in Heat 1 and Fessy talking about Mariah mm-hmm. and talking about how, like, you know, she might not have the greatest endurance, but she'll never quit. She'll keep pushing herself. Right. We had that kind of that same conversation in Heat 2 with Jordan and Anissa. Yeah. And Jordan talking about how she's due for that win. and He's going to do whatever he can take to or do whatever he can to get her that win. Yeah. And so that he she has deserves so much it. respect for her and just, yeah. you know, he's and she even says, you know, we can make it through this challenge. Like, we're probably not going to win, but we can make it through this challenge if, you know, Jordan can help motivate me the right way. And he did. You know, he was, he was very supportive, very encouraging, very motivating in a positive way, which is what Anissa needs. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm excited to see how they do together. Obviously, this wasn't the challenge for them. And they were going up against some really tough competitors who were, you know, more physically uh, suited for this challenge. But I am excited to see what Jordan and Anissa have for the season moving forward. I don't know what spot they were in, but it wasn't nah. like they were tremendously behind. They were right Mm-mm. there with everyone. They were at the last part of the cha- daily challenge, just like everybody else. Yeah. With that being said, Raven and Johnny are out in the lead. Horatio and Olivia. They're are the one barrel behind. One barrel, yeah, they're oh. the only ones within striking distance. And it turns out that 
they end up being about a half barrel behind and Raven and Johnny end up winning their heat. Yeah. TJ gets everybody together, obviously builds up the drama to let us know that Fessy and Mariah had actually won with this uh, smaller time. What was under like it, he didn't say he just said that or at least to my knowledge, I didn't catch yeah, any didn't times catch or any time separations, just that. Fessy and Mariah were the overall winners. They had the faster time out of um, them and Johnny and Raven. And, you know, so they won. And Mariah was so excited and so happy. And she I was lovely. super stoked for her. I do. I like her a lot. I do. I like her. She's, she seems genuine. Yes. Like, it was adorable, her confessional. And she was just like, I can't wait to tell my mom and let her watch it on TV. And uh, yeah. that's my first, the first challenge that I've won. And somebody on somebody in one of the groups was like, she's only been in three episodes. It's like, yeah, she hasn't won in the first two. Fuck off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fuck off. Like, and she won. You something. haven't won any of them person in the group. Nelson yeah. hasn't won since vendettas. Well, and not only that, <laughs> since but the like, iPhone. <laughs> but like she <laughs> George Bush was fucking president. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. The she, older one. She won. <laughs> She won a daily that she didn't think that she was going to win and that most people didn't think that she was suited for, you know, carrying those wine barrels are not light. You guys like for anybody who's never like tried to move one of those things, they are not fucking light. Okay, they are extremely heavy and uncomfortable to try to move. That's why it also comes in a bottle. Exactly. Or a bag. Yeah. Or a bag, depending or a box, box. you know, depending on uh, what your budget is for that week. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just kidding. Anyway, uh Bessie's counting all the women he's got to keep safe. I know. I saw that on Twitter somewhere and I wrote it down. I don't know the original poster, but yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Somebody like had that shot of Mariah like super happy and Fessy's like clapping, but he's just staring off in the in the into like space. And it said like Mariah's so happy, but Fessy's just sitting there counting the women he has to keep safe. And I was like, <laughs> I did a quick check and I was like, Jay safe. Yeah. Right? You know it's hard out here for a pimp. Oh my gosh. <laughs> did anybody think he was gonna take another shot at Bamber? I did. I thought he, yeah. I thought he would, yeah. yeah. I thought he would, but you know, I mean he it went also, so well for him last time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he may have learned his lesson and like no. you know, it's not like No, he doesn't do that. It's not like Bamber's partner is, you know, someone to to scoff at when you Michael know, so B. like Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see him in Creed? He will knock a motherfucker out. He directed the most recent one. Oh my Fuck. Gosh. Did you see him in, in fucking Black Panther? Oh he almost killed, killed him. To, yeah, almost. he fucking threw t- T'Challa off the cliff. That is not somebody to fuck with. You don't fuck with him. That's <laughs> on the on the fuck around and find out Matrix. He's a 10 out of a 10. You fuck Speaking around at a 10. Did you, you find that? out at a 10? Did yes, you see that? Somebody made that. one of those too. Of just like I the hot that. girls and the crazy scale. Somebody made a fuck around and find out. Scale. What is it? The Mendoza principle yeah. or something like that from How I Met Your Mother? Yeah. Have you ever. Is that the one? The the hot crazy reference? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's um, funny. Just, we'll link that down below for anyone who hasn't yeah. seen it. It's fucking hilarious. I, I apologize to any males out there that are dating a Tiffany or a hairdresser. Yes. So just Sorry. That out there. Anyway. Uh, oh, yeah. Does anybody else think that bananas sounds like hello raspy this entire season? They yeah. were all fucking sick. Yeah. I, I truly I did it. hear that, that everybody was sick, but nobody was test like most of them weren't testing positive for COVID, but everybody had some kind of like cold 
in in the house mm. like the whole time like so. fucking tories look like rudolph's red nose reindeer because her <laughs> nose was so fucking red in the club scene i mean yeah. that could be from beginning shit face but she was definitely shit faced not shit faced yeah. but she was she was drunk in that scene <laughs> what happens when everybody's sharing beds everyone's just rotating and out the bed Fuck. true that's not Co- helping covid fucking like evolved like six times in that house alone <laughs> that is allegedly i don't know if that's true i'm I, and it probably isn't i'm just trying to make a joke don't come after us like that google that well, shit you yeah. could have stopped that sentence at covid fucking and it would have worked yeah no shit <laughs> and then just boosters everywhere you right. get one you get one like oprah's out there anyway so after the daily we get to the interrogation bananas catches annalise and tommy crying because uh, they did so poorly in the daily um, points out that he got smoked by two rookie teams. Great job to make someone feel better. Bananas turn the well, conversation about yourself. And then he tells them he's like, you know, if it was uh, who could who could post the best content on IG challenge, you guys would crush yeah. that shit. I was like, damn, bananas, you are like ruthless. Dude. That's fucked up. But yeah. what I did notice about this moment is. This was not as as cute and funny as it was. This was not a good moment for Tommy and Annalise because mm. you do not want bananas of all people to know your fucking weakness and how you're feeling nope. in that house. And they opened right up and they gave him everything that he needed at that moment. He may not need it now. He may not use it now, but there will come a time where that information will come out about how scared and paranoid they are in this game. And he's going to find a way to use it against them. I know it. I don't think he'll have time. <laughs> uh, oh, I took it more as bananas was like, oh, Annalise, you're a rookie. We haven't hooked up yet. You need an alliance. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I'm here yeah. for you. Right. So we get into deliberation and him and Mariah are talking. Mariah, you know, being a rookie, not knowing any better, wants to make a big move. She's like, let's throw the vets in. And Fessy, yeah. obviously, being a seasoned vet of four seasons being somebody who's already thrown a vet in when they had a vet alliance yeah and seeing how that goes down doesn't want to piss off the vets yeah he wants to make the choice of all rookie teams to play it safe want to make deals with the teams that can win uh johnny raven kim colleen annalise tommy and horatio and olivia are the teams that he's gonna choose to interrogate no surprise here, guys. I mean, yeah. once Johnny and Raven didn't win that daily, we pretty much knew it was going to be all, episode all was, rookies was yeah. falling at that point. Then it just depend on what rookies it was going to be. Yeah. Yep. During this, um, Mariah feels guilty. She's just she's not cut out. She just doesn't seem cut out for this political like cutthroat shit. She's and it kind of goes back to like what we were talking about. Like she's just she seems like such a genuine person and she doesn't seem like the type of person who wants to say one thing and do another thing, which is kind of like as shitty as it sounds like you have to do sometimes in this game. And sometimes you have to go against your roommates and people that you're friends with in the house. You have to go uh, against them as far as like putting them in or whatever, you know, when you're in a position of power, if they're a threat in the game. And, you know, so and like you said, she's green. She doesn't. This is the first time she's done this from what I know. This is the first TV show she's ever been on, especially in this competition setting. So but I just found it interesting. I was like, I wonder how that's going to play in moving forward, because the deeper that she gets in this game, the more messy it's going to get. Well, if yeah, they were recasting and doing the show right now. She wouldn't be casted with Bessie. I know that. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. They're not friends anymore? Oh, no, they're friends, but she's friendlier with someone else. Oh, I know. Yeah, whatever. I'm just saying. That's if, not the same. She's going to learn politics 
and I know who, I know who she wouldn't be partnered with. She wouldn't be partnered with Anissa unless it was a rival season, and I don't even know Saw why. That. And I wish that oh, I knew. Uh, it. Oh, it was on the official podcast. What happened? Yeah, I didn't so listen. Tor- Tori said something about Mariah having her own voice, and then Anissa laughed and said, "Really? Or since when? Or something like that?" And then somebody tweeted that out, and then Mariah retweeted it and commented about something yeah, it's again it was yeah it's the mm. exact same drama that i mean based on that they could be on a rival season because that's probably the equivalent of rank and bananas anyway yeah. <laughs> olivia had one of the only valid points in deliberation yeah which was eventually you're going to need to take a shot at a vet team and you're going to want strong rookie teams in your favor. So mm-hmm. why aren't you taking this opportunity to actually make a move? Yep. Rather than because really at this point, you don't know that Darrell and Veronica are coming back in to replace whoever you get rid of. So you could still be looking at the numbers and seeing that, like, yeah. if you take out a vet team, a vet vet team, then you're starting to kind of like tip the scale. Yeah. yeah and, and I get where she's coming from. And it's a great, fucking idea as a rookie who's never played this game. Fessy knows if you take that fucking shot, no matter how great some of these rookies are, I am still going to take Jordan and Anissa, Tori and Devin, Bananas and Nani, and Laurel and Jack in a daily over any of those fucking rookies just based off experience alone. Because experience goes a long way in these dailies. We've seen it with CT. We've seen it with some more of the vets. Yeah. But it's the right move three weeks from now it's not the right move this early yeah but you still you're not have gonna to have s- any rookies then yeah you're not gonna have these rookies and or the ones that you do have you're already they're already so fucking pissed off at you they ain't gonna work with you they're gonna stab you right in the back i like that olivia called him out on this because she was the only too. one who stood up and said something in that like and that's the thing i'm not a big fan of these deliberation scenes i thought i was going to be the room is super dope i love the way that they have it set up and i love the idea of it but it's just so like hold hands and play friends like i hate i just i I always hate these interrogation scenes i love that she stood up and she called him out on his shit and whether or not she was right or wrong in in how she's feeling she still said something and it wasn't just like this hunky dory play friends and be best friends in this room and then turn around and go out there and say whatever you need out there like she told him exactly how she's feeling and i fucking i i love her for that i don't i don't disagree with the advice i just think it's only right from the rookie perspective i agree yeah it's only right from her perspective right then in that deliberation yeah but with that being said we've seen that gameplay happen before we've seen west do it multiple seasons where Mm -hmm. he tries to get these rookies set up and where he and the rookies will go to the fight how many times has it worked yeah no i i agree with you and i I don't i don't think that it was a the right move for fessy and mariah i think they that fessy made the right decision but I can see where Olivia is coming from it. However, I do think that out of all of the teams that went in and met in interrogation, Johnny and Raven made like one of the biggest mistakes because they went in there yeah. knowing that they are the, the next best team that day. Right. And they obviously like, it's you know, uh, try to offer a deal to Fessy and Mariah, which Fessy kind of pretty much shuts down. He's like, look, at some point, we're all going to be down there in that draw. So like, you can't promise me safety and all this shit. Like, you got to give me more kind of a thing. And Johnny specifically says, 
I don't want to go against Horatio, Horatio and Olivia. That's all I want is I, you know, at least give me that kind of a thing. And it's like, dude, like you literally just handed the perfect situation to Fessy and he's going to take advantage of that. Like there's you'd be stupid not to. Yeah, it's also paint by numbers, though, because like that's the obvious pairing. But Johnny also simultaneously went on the defensive and offensive at the same time. Yeah. In the same sentence where he was just like, you have to do what you're going to do, but also keep in mind that we're going to be in that seat. And what can we do in this conversation now to make sure that you're not sitting on this side of the table? I'm like, yeah, like it's, you're not in charge here. Dude. Made sense. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know what the most awkward part of it was to me through hmm. it all? Was Fessy sitting there ogling at both of the Targaryens? Because oh I don't know God, who he's yeah. crushing on more, Colleen or Kim, or Kim. Targaryen. <laughs> you know, I, I want to look at him and be like, motherfucker, you don't get a dragon in this show, okay? Right? <laughs> I mean, they're, they are both beautiful. People. They are. I'm yeah. not going to lie. They're very, like, they're very pretty. I am so jealous of Kim's hair. Dude, he's got some nice hair. He's got some oh, really nice bro. hair. Like, let me get. And like, he's just, able to rock a bun. Like, what do you yeah. use on that? What yeah. do you use on that, Kim? Who let me know. The, get at me. The blood of his enemies. <laughs> 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 They're German. Come on. Oh, man. my God. Maybe it's Kim. Maybe it's Maybelline. You know? Oh, dear God. Uh, anyway, maybe she's born with it. So anyway, we from this, we head out of the interrogation room and everybody's going to the club. The first thing I notice about this club, and I, I've never noticed it in any of the other club scenes, but they have a giant fucking Jenga set up and like everybody's sitting around playing like giant drunk Jenga. And I'm so fucking here for this. Like, I loved this so much. I would love to go to a club and get drunk and play a giant fucking Jenga game. Like, and I know that sounds hella nerdy, but it just looked like so much fucking fun. I loved it. And then we get this cute scene of like Tommy and Olivia kissing, which I was just like, it's just it feeds to the vibe of the house. And you can see where these people are making their relationships and making these connections. And it, it was a cute scene. I loved it. I thought this club scene, like <clears throat> the opening part of it was very fun people dancing around we get a lot of uh you know what do you call it where they're looking at the camera i forget the word breaking for the spiking, spiking the camera there's an actual term for breaking it breaking the fourth wall fourth wall it, yeah. yeah well that's if you're talking to the camera if you're if you're looking if you look down the camera you're spiking the camera yeah so you know and we get a lot of these in the club scenes and i actually like them it just feels like they're engaging with the camera and with the audience and and i like yeah. that i don't know well it's like that scene last year from uh spies lives and allies where they were kind of going down the bar and they slowed and it down Ashley right Ashley yeah. yeah yeah and and i love know, it so and we got that here like t like tori was like dancing and then she like turned and like smiled at the camera like and we've gotten him on all three episodes, and I, I don't know. I'm just, I like yeah. it. I'm here for it. We did get some some politicking going on during the uh, during the club scene. Yeah. Most of it all pertained to Annalise and Tommy. Ugh. And if you watch Big Brother, Tommy is a very quote unquote political player, stri strategical player, as he would like to say. Um, not always the best at strategy, but not the worst either. But we see him and Annalise uh, talking to the Targaryen, saying that they could, you know, probably work together to you know obtain the iron throne no i'm joking to stay out of eliminations um so basically saying hey if we pull the safe dagger we'll save you and send the other team in uh and then they go to 
Horatio and Olivia and offer the same fucking deal. And I think it was even Olivia that called them out and was like, weren't you guys just over there uh, talking? Horacio, yeah. Horacio, like, yeah. We know that you just had this gone, like, just spoke to them. We don't know what you said necessarily, but it, yeah, it's like the exact same conversation twice. And I can almost guarantee you that that conversation happened three times. And the only reason we didn't see the Johnny and Raven one was because they were going into elimination. So it didn't matter. Yeah. And I mean, the only thing we saw really from Johnny and Raven was their awkward fight about how they're not on the same page. And and they know. were talking to the Targaryens as well. Like yeah. when they when the four of them were outside talking and then they cut back to the Targaryens, then Johnny and Raven were talking to them. Yeah. And it, like you said, they're going in. So it doesn't matter. We all know what's going to happen. It seems like there's a certain edit that gets put forth in the in the in I'm sorry, not the the deliberation, the eliminate or yeah. the the nominations where someone approaches them wrong. Like in the first week, it was Sam and Kayla approaching Johnny and Raven wrong. Mm-hmm. Turbo yeah. not talking to yeah. Nani, and then this one with Johnny trying to play fucking let's make a deal when he's in no (laughs) no no position of of power power at all you know what i mean so we know what's going to happen but honestly you know i don't really want to get into the johnny and raven talk because we already know what it's about it's about the same shit that's been going on for the last two episodes she hates how he plays the game he doesn't want anything to do with her she wants to date him all right kate leads her on yeah yeah (laughs) which she does but i just want to say the uh tommy I think him and Annalise are shit in the bed here. But Tommy on Big Brother played a great game until Mickey made up that huge lie that was very believable. Was it Final Four? I think it was Final Four. Yeah. yeah. He made up this huge lie and flipped it all on Tommy and just everyone believed it. But Tommy played a great game on Big Brother. But he yeah, did. I think he's shit in the bed on this. Time. The thing is, is if they would have, if, if Cliff and Nicole, Nicole. I think, yeah, if they would have made that decision and sent Holly or Mickey in, Tommy wins that season. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cliff, Cliff was the ultimate killer to the underdog. Oh, yeah. Nicole yeah. probably or him could win that season, but he's like, oh, no, Mickey's going to take me over Holly. Okay, dude. Yeah, right. <laughs> take his, you over his showmance. Speaking of showmances, oh, we finally get the long anticipated uh, moment where Tori and confronts Jordan in the bar and she tells him she has questions. She says that. I came out here and I didn't know you were coming, which I don't know if I believe or not, but it's possible. (laughs) But she basically gets to the point saying, you knew I was here and you still decided to come anyways. You know, she wants answers to her questions. I'm sure they haven't had a lot of conversations since they broken up a year and a half ago. But well, and everybody keeps bringing up the whole like when they talked after the Jemmy thing. But it's like they literally talked about the situation going on with Jemmy and they did their little like Facebook story video things. And that was it. That doesn't mean that they actually talked about what happened between them. And I think that that's more what Tori was getting at. I don't think it's that Tori and Jordan just haven't talked since they broke up. Obviously, they did. She had to get stuff. Uh, You know, they had to deal with the cat with Miso. You know, there was the whole coffee cup incident that happened on Instagram when they were talking. But I think what she meant is that they hadn't had a chance to talk about what happened between them. And this was her her moment, you know, and. I don't know that I agree with this moment being, you know, both of them drunk in a bar, but I am glad that they had they got to have this moment. Well, I'm sure they rehashed it a, a bit later when they were sober, yeah. but yeah, it was it was so telling because you can 
I know there's a lot of people, oh, it was fake. It, was, no, it wasn't fucking fake. You don't get the kind of emotions and tension that you could visibly see with that conversation and how fucking Jordan was fighting back his emotions because he's on TV and you, you know Jordan's that kind of guy that he's not going to put it out on front street. Well, he's in, in game camera. mode, yeah. No. And um, it was an awkward yet beautiful moment for them to have. And I feel very privileged that we were a part of it and got to see it yeah. with our feelings of them and the fandom. Um, with that being said, I really did like what Jordan said is that he loves her very much. Maybe not in the same way. He doesn't really say that, but he says he's got a lot of love for her. He's always got her back. And he hopes she wins a bunch of challenges, just not this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, I, I appreciate the inner competitor of Jordan in that. Yeah. I'm going to get on my soapbox because I'm going to defend both sides because there are people going at Jordan because Jordan said at one point, like, I'm not going to go back on the challenge if Tori's there. But if Tori's not taking a break, does he have to give it up entirely? You know, yeah. like also he's allowed to change his mind. Yeah. And then there's a post about Tori, quote unquote, gaslighting him in that conversation. But they on the one the fan pages, but they left out the whole part where she said she did what she did, why she did it. Is it right? Is it wrong? That's not for us to decide. But she apologized. She took ownership of her actions immediately yes. and said he didn't deserve yep. any of that. Yes. And that's the thing is that a lot of time. And I think that this uh, number one, we have to remember that we're not shown the entire conversation, right? We're shown bits and pieces and you can see where this conversation was clipped. And they just pretty much gave us the cliff notes of the conversation that Jordan and Tori had. This wasn't just a, a, a minute and 30 second conversation. This was probably a, lo a much longer one. But and of course, I forgot where I was going well, with this. I'll just put it this way. We, as you said, we were privy to the parts of the conversation that we were given through editing. Yeah. There's obviously a lot more to it. There's probably a lot more of the conversation that they have had themselves away from the cameras. And there's probably more to the conversation they had there that was just edited, right. um, as we saw with the cuts. The same way of they were together for, what, three years? We saw them on television, edited. Yeah. We saw bits and pieces through social media and stuff like that. Much like we aren't, I guess, we don't need the explanation. We aren't, we don't deserve an explanation. No. We are privileged, as Rick said, to have seen that conversation and be able to be a part of that conversation, much like we have the relationship of theirs that we've seen throughout the challenge. But that doesn't mean that we're owed anything. I agreed. And that's kind of where it sits. It's up to them. Yeah. Whatever they decide and however they choose to move forward is what's going to be right for them. And really, and I don't care if I take heat for it because I don't look at it anyway. <laughs> we're not owed jack shit. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, sorry, I, I really quick. I remembered what I was what point yeah. I was trying to make earlier is um, it, the thing is, is her saying, you know, all of this stuff happened. And then I went and I did these things that I regret, whatever. And people are like, you know, oh, she's gaslighting him. She's blaming him for, you know, going and doing whatever she did with Fessy, blah, 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 blah. I didn't take it that way because like explaining something doesn't mean that you're blaming somebody. And a lot of times when People feel abandoned or they're going through depression or anything like that. They lash out in different ways. And this was the way that Tori lashed out. But she still, again, she took ownership over what she did. She wasn't blaming Jordan. She was explaining what she was going through in that moment, what led her to making the terrible choices she made and then owned them as terrible choices and was genuine in telling him, you know, how badly she felt for what she put him through. She knows that she put him through some shit. And she's 
taking responsibility of that. And I think that that deserves credit. All right. I'm going to have a Zach Nichols moment right now. <laughs> oh, dear God. Zach Stan would love this. Oh, he, you know what? Shout out Zach Stan. Here's the deal. We're really having a fucking discussion about morality and gaslighting in a show where you lie to people and deceive and fucking backstab them to win money. Yeah. Like, let's get the fuck over it. People do horrible things when relationships end badly. Yeah. It happens. Just like people do horrible things when there's money on the line, i.e. bananas stealing it from Sarah. Yep. Let's not have a fucking morality contest over a reality show because that's a losing prospect from jump. Yep. I agree. You yeah. know, and, and that's just kind of my view on it. So from there, we go to the house. Um, we get a really fucking awkward moment where <laughs> Fessy flirts with both Targaryens, but Tim <laughs> instantly feels like he's the third will in this situation. But dear God, they're Targaryens, so who knows what's going to happen? Oh my God! And from there, we go to uh, Fessy introvertedly walking out to the yard and laying down on the lawn bed with a blanket, which is weird. Like, why are That's you outside odd. with a blanket? Like, just go inside if you're cold. <laughs> But he people watching. He's people watching exactly, and he spots Horatio and Laurel sitting together, working out and talking. And Fessy goes along and says, "The girls, uh, the girls, he doesn't have time to uh, hang out with. Go to Horatio." Says Horatio is boyfriend number two. Almost made it a full episode. This is where he became Fessy again and is no longer Faisal for the rest of this episode. He's yeah, now Fessy fuck, bro. because, bro, you almost had a great episode. Like, I almost actually liked Fessy in this episode. Yeah. Bro, if this was a game of FMK, Horatio's the M. And you're the F until they get to know you and then you probably be the K. <laughs> and Corey's K. Oh, uh, yeah, it was it was just yeah. Anyways, that's pretty much everything that happened in the house after the club scene before we go to elimination. Yeah, which we head down to elimination. Sick. And uh, before we even get to any part of the elimination, let's get through the figuring out who's going in. So they all all four of them line down, line up down there. Johnny Raven, Olivia, Horatio, Tommy, Annalise and the Targaryens. Fessy and Mariah make the announcement that they've decided that they're going to pick Johnny and Raven. Yeah, we go, yeah nobody, nobody saw this one coming. Shocker. Uh, so we get to the draw. Kim and Carlene Targaryen pick first, uh, <laughs> and they get the blank. Annalise and Tommy go next, and they pull the safe dagger. Sorry, guys. And they pull the safe dagger, which, of course, they did because in the club, they promised damn near everybody, everybody. <laughs> yeah. everything everybody and their mama that they were going to save them. So well, and they finally moved the safe dagger this week. The first two weeks it was in the same spot and this week now it was on the the other end and so I was like <laughs> I really I was wondering if it was going to be in the fucking middle again. They should have just 3 weeks in a row, middle 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 just fucking and then with move them. It in the fourth yeah. Week. yeah. Yeah, exactly. It would have been perfect. I will say though, when Fessy made his whole or when Fessel made his whole thing about Johnny and Raven going in, he said, that's how it was when I was a rookie. He forgot the rest of his sentence, which was, that's how it was when I was a rookie for Jay. Right. Yeah, because yeah, he had the skull twist. He went in one elimination. Get out of here, my guy. He tried to, like, argue this on, on uh, Twitter. He's like, I nominated myself for two out of three eliminations. I'm like, yeah, in skull seasons where you had to go into an elimination. And, and you, you put volu- yourself in against your friend for one of them. Uh, yeah. Both of those weren't your rookie season. 
they yeah. were double agents. Exactly. Like, what are we talking about here? But whatever, dude. Whatever. Yeah. Messy fussy at it again. So Tommy and Annalise decide to save the Targaryens, which I don't blame them. I mean, they have a long dynasty of making the right moves. <laughs> so in my personal opinion, they made the right choice. They're making that move for the throne. <laughs> <laughs> so makes sense. Um they Dear obviously God. went with the blacks, not the greens. Um <laughs> sorry, <Dear guys>. God. <laughs> it was also a terrible move. It, yeah. was. it was really yeah. stupid. Move. Like, it was really stupid. If you have to you have to look at it and like who's most likely to come back out of those two. So if you screw somebody over, screw over the people leaving, not yes. the people staying. Yeah. Yes. Because Johnny and Raven probably would have ate up Kim and Colleen in this. Oh, in this yeah. potentially, yeah, we, yeah. I mean, I can see, I can see Kim putting up a good fight with Johnny, yeah. um, but I don't think Colleen would have probably put up a good fight against Raven, depending no. on shoe situation. <laughs> I can no longer make assessments on rookies who come from shows that aren't strictly physical, mm-hmm. based on the Challenge USA and based off of this season with Love Island. Yeah, because yeah. That's true. The Love Island people have done really well, especially the females from a show that is not usually a like strength based competition. Yeah. So I yeah, I no longer have any preconceived notions about anybody who I have not seen do that specific thing. Yeah. Until they've done that specific thing. Yeah. I was going to say, Love, Love, Love Island is definitely physical, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, America. <laughs> and other countries listening. Sorry. So anyway. Um, so, yeah, they decide to save the Targaryens. Um, at this point, Raven flips everybody off. Devin goes, ooh, spicy. <laughs> Devin. <laughs> yeah, which Dude, I, fucking, his little comments, they yeah. fucking kill me. Um. I did like how Olivia and Horatio started yelling out and making sure that all the other challengers knew that they had to deal with Annalise and Tommy. And that right there is why you don't fuck around Tommy and Annalise, because now the whole house knows that you didn't hold to your fucking word. Well, it was apparently much bigger thing, too. Yeah. Like Olivia and Annalise apparently got in a huge argument right there. I oh mean, wow! Okay, I love once again Devin. Big Big Brother vibes. <laughs> Did y'all catch Nani agree though? And then she turns yeah. and like looks for Casey. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, Annalise and Tommy, it just was unfortunate the dagger fell on them. But like in that situation, that's the move you got to make. Make sure everyone that can pick you feels like you're gonna pick them. You know what I mean? Like you got to protect yeah. yourself. It's short lived, but you're you have a short shelf life anyway on the season. You know. The first thing I said to Karina was, if that was us and we had just made those moves, I would have pulled the middle dagger again. I would have wanted the odds to be against me that much. Like, give me that middle dagger. Let me not pick and let me make someone else make the decision because I'm willing to bet either one of them would save us before they would save the other. Yep, Yep. exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. It would have been the way smarter move to do. But, you know, they just, I feel like they got down there under the lights and they froze and they're like, oh, we have to try to go for something and get safety and they fucked themselves. Yeah. Yep. Hardcore. I was just going to say, I have to give props to whoever called it tall brawl when they came in. Yes. It wasn't focused on the crew, so I couldn't see who it was. And I watched it twice now and I couldn't pick out the voice. But I said tall brawl and then they whoever in in the cast said tall brawl. Mm -hmm. And Sarah just looked at me and shook her head sadly. 
Look, it's funny. I'm going to be honest. I was actually really surprised Fessy didn't volunteer to go in at that moment. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like, bro, it's a hall just brawl. No impulse doing? control. Yeah. Just like throws himself me. in when it's not even a skull twist. <laughs> TJ, I want to go in. TJ, it's me. You, I'm, but, going. I'm but doing it. There's no point. I, it's it's a tall brawl. Put me in, coach. Yeah. He'll go in the bottom one and then he'll go up to the top and do yeah. that one. I got this by myself. <laughs> going against Raven, just gouging her eyes. Actually, no, sorry. He'll only go on the bottom. Or no, there's no sand. He won't go in. Never mind. No, yeah, never mind. <laughs> you can't throw it in somebody's face. Yeah. So, um, guys, we end up seeing uh, Olivia and Horatio versus Johnny and Raven in tall brawl because I refuse to call it double decker because I know double decker is completely something else. Um, so, <laughs> uh, it's tall brawl. Um, <laughs> We're renaming a, you mean this. A bu- a bus in London? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not what Rick was thinking. Uh, I, know. Yeah. I, know. I know. There's also the very famous Upper Decker, which if you're a young kid at a party, 16, I recommend doing that. Just not at your friend's party. Google uh, that shit. Yeah. Urban Dictionary, that shit. Um, <laughs> anyways, so I'm going to read Karina's notes word for word. And you tell me this doesn't have the most innuendo in it ever. One partner on top, one on bottom. Bottom partners race. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're a fucking not. child is what the point is. Well, the we problem were just talking we about, established that long ago. Yeah, we were just talking about an upper decker where you shouldn't someone's fucking tank in there. I'm just saying. Of course I'm a child. Let's yeah, be honest. I'm just saying. You're just anyways, a child. There's nothing wrong with my notes. You're just a fucking child. So anyways, it's very much like Karina's notes that um, you have a bottom level uh, where you guys, where the two guys will race towards a bar in the middle and you have to push the bar over to a certain distinguished point um when you get to that point the upper level whoever wins their partner's door opens a second earlier is that correct yeah and then the other person's door open and they in turn have to push a bar and you have to win two out of three yeah correct whoever wins upstairs is the one who determines who wins the round and it's best two out of three yeah so the the very first one Horatio just he reads he Johnny like up. a book like it was like knows. Jordan with the tug of war it yeah. was that's exactly what it reminded me of and mm-hmm. look the, the more we see of the more we see of both of them I am more and more impressed because yeah Olivia yep. I'm sorry like I'm gonna use a term I don't usually use she fucking ate in this elimination yeah she that did. look in the fucking camera and that third Oh yeah, that third, yeah. I'm gonna get a fucking shot of that. Yeah. That's sick. So, anyways, Horatio kills Johnny in the first round, and then Olivia fucking hits this bar and Raven so hard she literally pushes Raven out of her shoes, <laughs> like both shoes, and both shoes. Raven is literally pushing as hard as she can with her feet digging into the corrugated metal Ugh. that is their fucking. Footing. She posted after photos. Yeah, yeah, you can literally see the skin just pulled fucking back on her foot. It's oh, it's really it gnarly. gnarly. In the first round, uh, Olivia pushes Raven out of her shoes and wins. And she says she challenges her inner GI. Channels Barbie. her inner, yeah, channels her inner GI Barbie. I fucking love that. Love it. The new age Barbie Beast, Ricky Barbie Beast. Let's fucking go, dude. I'm I'm for it. I'm for it. Uh, the second round, Johnny tells Raven, you know, we're winning this one, trying to hype her up. Uh, they trade spots, and Raven and Olivia start on the bottom. Johnny and Horatio are on the top. Yeah. Raven's standing on, like, one foot, yeah. too, while she's, like, getting ready to go I, into the little hall thing. She was just standing on one foot there. I was wondering, like, at first I thought maybe she hurt her ankle, but now that you guys bring up 
the bot her foot getting rubbed across the bottom of that uh that metal up up on the top uh level sorry i don't know why i'm having so much trouble talking right now but maybe it was just that maybe the bottom of her foot was just really fucking sore or something like that you know but yeah she was standing there on one one foot so it was clear that she was fucking hurting already put her foot in a cheese grater yeah Yeah. well i mean and i wouldn't be surprised if she didn't hurt like something else it wasn't like those were soft impacts that she was taking from olivia running to that bar it was and and i give it to raven she's got a lot of heart but it was fairly one-sided between her and olivia well she fucking eats her up in this one again and she gets her back pretty easy knocks her out of her shoes again for a second time which i also heard rumor that apparently at some point nani threw shoes down into the elimination ring for raven to have another pair of shoes and they still got she still got pushed out of those ones, too. So I don't know what this girl is doing with Colleen, her shoes. Colleen gave her, her shoes, I think. Oh, was it Colleen? I thought it was Nani, but the rumor mill, because I saw Norris gave her her shoes. OK, Somebody... was saying Norris. I think Norris was saying was telling people somebody give her like different shoes or whatever. Right. So, and then Colleen tossed hers. So fuck. So she she loses her boyfriend and she loses her shoes. Jesus Christ! Um, <laughs> not a bad, not as bad of a week as Tom Brady, you know. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. So um, Johnny had a really good technique on the second round, and he carried it forward to the third round. It just didn't do anything for him. He started bracing his feet on the window case. Yes. Yeah, that yeah. was super smart. I, I think that's what that. saved him in the second round because Horatio almost had him. Like, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Johnny just gives this huge fucking push and catches Horatio off guard. Yeah. And he ends up like pushing Horatio and Horatio just slowly sliding back, sliding back. And Johnny ends up pushing him back into his zone and wins the second round, makes it ties it up. And they got to go to a third round, which I was not expecting. I thought Horatio and Olivia were just going to smoke them in the first two rounds. I feel like Johnny was just so overhyped in compared to Horatio. Adrenaline, like, yeah. yeah, Horatio was super calm and collected through the whole thing. And I think what really sent that home is in the beginning of that third round where they take off and you get that slow motion of Johnny and he trips. It's yeah. like it's that one situation where you've got to be level headed and you've got to think through every movement. And we've seen yeah. it with like people like Nelson. He gets in the same situation where he'll fuck up right there when he gets too overhyped. Right. Yeah. That was a tough moment, too. It was hard to watch that like Johnny falling. But I do want to give it to him because he fell. He got up and was able to brace the bar before uh, Horatio pushed him back into the, his zone. And he actually held Horatio there for quite a while, a lot longer than I expected he would be able to. Yeah. So yeah. I definitely want to give him props for that because he he put his fucking heart and soul onto that bar in that last round. And, you know, I think he deserves some some credit for that. And I honestly, I really do believe Olivia was just overall a faster girl than Raven. If they like lined up to race, I feel like Olivia would probably win. I think she's bigger, too. Yeah, because you give her a one second head start and it wasn't like the bar was damn near all the way at the end by time Raven got out Dude, and just she, she almost knocked her on her ass and she lost that second too. Yeah. I don't know if you saw when the door opened, she hesitated. Yep. And that was probably the second yeah. because yeah. it just so happened that she had that second to hesitate and recover as Raven's door started to open Right. Because she basically shot her across the entire thing like she was in Dragon Ball Z. (laughs) It was glorious. It was. It was. It was. was. Look, I'm going to be honest. Rookies of the year. Oh, absolutely. Last two to three seasons, I would say. 
Yeah. Fuck. Like, yeah. like some of the best rookies I've seen in a while. I mean, outside of Bamber winning her rookie season and she had those couple elimination wins, albeit they were versus smaller girls, mm-hmm. but she also had some daily wins with Darrell. And, you mm-hmm. know, so, and I think, no, they lost that one, but never mind. But, you know, a, an impressive rookie season with the win, but to have, a pair doing this well as rookies is yeah. just yeah. wow. I'm I'm super well, impressed. Well, and I love that they did so well on this elimination, especially after getting so much shit last week for the elimination that they were in against Turbo and Tamara, where the cast or the rest of the cast was obviously helping Horatio and Olivia, and they got a lot of shit online and in the fan groups for that elimination. That's what Turbo wanted. Yeah, no, he wanted to go against everybody and, you know, but anyway, they got a lot of shit for it. I'm glad that they got this win and that they got to do it in this manner because it wasn't like Horatio couldn't help Olivia and Olivia couldn't help Horatio and they had to, you know, figure out a way to do it on their own. And they both fucking absolutely smashed this elimination and there was no way for anyone to help them. They did it by themselves. And, you know, I think that it shows that they truly are good competitors and they are playing. They are here playing to win. Well, and I think it's also a testament that you can't go into a fucking elimination overly emotional like Raven was. Yeah. She walked into that ring super salty. And she, she left it salty, too. Exactly. She you know shoved I mean? that bar back at Olivia. Like, that was that was <laughs> not sports. That was really bad sportsmanship, well, in my opinion. Like, I get you're upset you lost, but it's not like Olivia's fault. What was she supposed to do? Hand you the win? Like, you know, just like be be respectable i get it sucks but be respectable and, and even johnny he was he, he was, was trying to compliment her and she wouldn't even take it she was like no this is bullshit this fucking sucks and was just like being shitty about it and it's like dude like and the whole time she's complaining about him being a bad partner but that's what a good fucking partner does like yeah. tries to console you and say look we gave it our all what else can we do yeah. you know you did your best and that's all anyone can ever ask and she's being a dick about it yeah. you know what i mean i mean i'm sure we saw her right then at her absolute worst and it was an edit and I'm sure she is a lovely woman, but it oh, was yeah. just, it was She's, a bad moment for her. On she TV. seems very nice. You know, I've seen her on lives before I've seen, I follow her on Instagram. She seems like a, a, a very nice girl, but it was just, it was in that moment. I just, I didn't like that moment from her. I won't judge her on it, but I did, you know, just want to point out that I thought that was kind of shitty. Yeah. Well, I, I'll, I'll eat crow because when we were going over the cast, you know, I made an assessment on Olivia based off Love Island, which I still stick to. But her on the challenge has absolutely surprised me. Her personality on there fits so much better than it did on Love Island. Yeah. And yeah, she's she's phenomenal on this show. I love it. Agreed. And did you guys catch what Olivia said after the win? Oh, about (laughs) I feel like I just got proposed to. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was so cute. I, I liked her comment in their post elimination little interview that they had where she was like, honestly, they're just doing us a service by making us learn how to work with each other better and better. And it's like, yeah, exactly. And that's why when you see a solid group like that, bring them into your alliance. Don't just keep taking shots at them because if they keep going down there, they keep winning. They keep learning how to work together better than you do. That's not going to be good to make a survivor reference. Look at Bessie. Yeah. Vessi got paired down to four and then they were a really solid four and they didn't lose and started winning everything. Yep, exactly. So 
But I did notice that TJ gives Johnny and Raven the for now goodbye. So yeah, I feel like I feel like Johnny's coming back. Yeah, I think he, oh, yeah. he made a good impression. He played a pretty good game. He got a hookup. He, he brought got, drama, you I know, think, created uh, yeah. it anyway. But yeah. what do y'all like my opinion on the hall brawl variation? I loved it. I think it's so much better than Latarian breaking ribs. What did y'all think about that? Oh, I loved variation. it. My much only better. My only thing is, is make the doors open up evenly both times. Just count each one as a half point. You know what I mean? And yeah. or, or count the top one as a point and the bottom one as a half point, something like that. And then put some pads around that that bar that you're pushing. I do agree. Put some pads on the bar. The slippery surface. They got to fit that. Yeah, that's got to yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah, that's got to be I, mitigated somehow. I like the variation because it allows for hall brawl on a team season yes but it also allows for a hall brawl where you're not going to absolutely wreck the other person yeah because you do have that bar in the middle it's sort of like it makes hall brawl a better elimination i agree doing it this way i agree and i like this double layer thing like it's 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 aesthetically pleasing it was fun to watch you know yeah i i really like this one it will also gives if like say it's big guy versus little guy, big guy dominates. Now the person upstairs has an advantage, but if the girls are evenly matched, it's a fair you know, they have a better right. shot. Yes. Yeah. Just I do like that. Taking over. Yeah. So anyway, so we say goodbye to Johnny and Raven, and then you know, TJ starts messing with the cast. And I actually really like this part. And he's like, So I have another surprise for you guys. Bring them out. And then like oh, everybody's like, oh, and he's like, ah, gotcha. And then, and, and then he's like, I also told you guys not to trust anyone, especially me. Bring them out. And then it shows, you know, obviously shadows of two people entering the zone. It doesn't show who they are. We're not stupid. We know it's Darrell and Veronica. It's definitely CT, not CT. It's definitely not, it's definitely not CT. <laughs> it's definitely not Cara and Polly. Sorry to let everybody down. It's, it's Darrell Polly and Natalie. And oh my God. <laughs> it's Darrell and Veronica. You know, it's Evelyn so. and Paula Walnuts. Don't listen to him, you guys. <laughs> <It's> but <laughs> that's um, MJ I mean, and John A in the house. I would be dope, though. Um, it's Zach and Sam. Anyway, so that's pretty much it for the episode. I, I don't know. I, I liked this episode. I think that there were some things in the episode that were unnecessary, especially with the stories not being fully told. Yep. But I did yep. enjoy the, the episode. The daily, I feel like we could have done with less footage of it. It wasn't very exciting to watch. Um, They could have condensed that way down. And, you know, we could have had a 60 minute episode with this. There was honestly, in my opinion, no reason to stretch it to 90 minutes. Nope. The only thing I have against this season so far, I'm even okay with the bullshit storylines that get edited all the way out in the (laughs) 90 minute episodes. Last place automatically goes in. The three get chosen for nominations and go down to the draw. Yeah, that's that's I would like that. Yeah. And then you don't need to deliberate because you're going to a draw. Yeah, and maybe it's you call four people to deliberation and you nominate three. I'd be even be okay with that. Yeah, but get rid of the you the you nominate someone to go in and then it's a draw. Last place. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, I just well, my wife I was cutting out earlier when we're talking about what time the show comes on, and I just I don't understand how these shows work and their time that they come on because I know our time zones, but it comes on at five thirty for me. And I just don't understand how that's even possible. Do you possible. have satellite? No, dude. I mean, I watch it on Philo, but even when I'd watch it on MTV, the app, 
it'd come on at 5.30 and I just don't understand based off other shows like Big Brother or Survivor. Yeah, yes. I don't know. I, I've seen that happen for people at sometimes. Like people on the West Coast can watch it at five, and I never can. There's always something else on, like ridiculousness. They're getting an East Coast feed. It's typically when yeah. you have satellite, you could be picking up an East Coast feed somehow right now you're watching. So confusing. It's it's a it's a blood magic from House of Dragon. I don't really understand it. It's like the land of a shy. Nobody anyway. really knows. It's all shadows. We're uh we're half of the people wearing stay loco toques. Yes, and, everybody. Uh, yeah, but they're all turned backwards, so you can't see the logo. Yeah, because MTV can't. Because it's all Under Armour, and then you it's like all black Under Armour, and then you see like super vibrant colors on Jay's end of the thing. Like, gee, mm-hmm. I wonder what they're wearing. Yeah. Did you see that meme where it said Jay looked like Parapapa the rapper? I did. <laughs> I fucking died on that one. That was fucking great. I'm sorry. I just had to throw that out there. That's fine. You want to get into fantasy? I would rather do MVPs first. Oh, okay. That's fine. So, um, who wants to go first? I'll I'll jump in. Uh, Horatio and Olivia, and I don't even have fucking honorable mentions. My 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 MVP, Horatio and Olivia. My honorable mentions, Horatio and Olivia. My fucking rookies of the year. Horatio and Olivia, like these people, these two are killing this shit. And I'm I'm really stoked. I hope they go far in this season because I want to continue watching them play. Tony, who you got? Um, I have Horatio and Olivia. Honorable mention the same. However, I do have to say that if it wasn't for the cheap shot at Horatio, then Fessel would have had the honorable mention. Yeah. He lost it by being a dickhead at the like the three quarter mark. Yes, I agree with that. Corey, who you got? Well, I'm n- never gonna give Fessel credit for anything. Um, I'll give Mariah MVP for, you know, she stepped up when people didn't think she had that in there. Honorable mention to Olivia, because like I said, uh my interpretation from her of her from Love Island. Didn't translate to the challenge, and for male MVP, I'm gonna go Horatio. But I will say in the hall brawl, Johnny gave such a good effort, but it just seems like Johnny's all arms and Horatio's all legs. Yeah, and it's just and cardio legs is gonna persevere every time. Agreed. Agreed. So my co-women MVP is going to be uh, Olivia and Mariah, both for being extremely surprising in one the daily the other the elimination so that's that horatio is my male mvp and then my honorable mention for the men is going to be johnny for the effort he put forth in the elimination very much like tony fessy would have been there if he wouldn't have fucked it off three quarters yeah so there you go those are those are our mvps um when you guys get a chance check out our ig to vote on who your mvps were yep we'll have it up uh either day of or day after this episode drops so just look for it saturday sunday ish and uh just like how how it is if fessy wasn't who he is as a person you'd get a lot more credit (laughs) (laughs) if he wasn't an if he wasn't an introvert with bad hair yeah never mind I yeah. can't talk. Anyway. Anyways. <laughs> uh, so fantasy. So guys, points coming into episode three. Uh, I was sitting in first place with 46. Corey was sitting in second with 42nd or 42nd, 42 <laughs> points. Tony was sitting in third with 33. Karina was nipping at his heels in fourth at 32 points. And then Josh was bringing up the rear at 22 points. Karina had the most points this week, scoring Woo-hoo! 24 
all confessional points between Devin and Tori and Annalise and Tommy because Darrell and Veronica are not it. on there yet. <laughs> Corey had a tough week. 11 points. Uh, one confessional from Casey and Kenny and then two from Jay and Michelle. But Johnny Middlebrooks bringing it up. Yeah, got uh, gave him eight points. I was shocked that he did that. Johnny and Raven didn't get more because they were part of the overall like story of the episode. I was shocked that they didn't get more. But yeah, me too. Josh had a good week. Twenty two points. Only got one from Laurel and Jack. Got five points for Fessy and Mariah winning the daily. Thirteen confessionals for those two, and then the Targaryens gave him three points. Very symbolic of the three dragon heads. <laughs> Um, (laughs) I scored 22 points. Bamber and Chauncey still doing solid with one point this week. Uh, (laughs) Bananas and Nani had four. And then Horatio and Olivia got the five points for the elimination win. And then 12 for the confessionals. Tony had a solid week too. 20 points, 10 uh, confessionals for Jordan and Nisa. And then four for Nelson and Norris. Six for Raven. So total points for week three. Was uh, me remain in the lead with 66. Now you actually have 68. I don't know. Oh, why you 68. Still didn't change yeah, because I got confused. He, he just doesn't know how to add. And yeah. he didn't change the number, apparently. Marijuana. <laughs> At least I got your back. Six, I should have not said shit. 68. Do me and I'll owe you one. <laughs> <laughs> Karina sitting at 56 points in second place. Corey at. Oh, I'm sorry. Corey and Tony are both tied for third at 53 points each. And then Josh is catching up. He's got 44 points. So three weeks in, we still got one more team to add. Uh, It looks like it's going to get pretty, pretty good because, you know, the teams are pretty much equal at this point looking through it. Yeah. Um, Looks like everybody's going to. Oh, no. Corey's down to two teams. Never mind. Mm. Yeah, that was but, that was rough. But he's got Casey and Kenny and Jay and Michelle, and I feel like shit's just going to keep going for Jay and Michelle. So we're going to probably get some more. From they them. usually get good confessional counts too. This was just a low week for Jay and Michelle because they weren't really involved in much. Same with Laurel and Jack. Like, yeah. Look, yeah, yeah. Looking at Josh's team, like Laurel and Jack, like if they get Laurel didn't normal, get any. It was just Jack had one confessional and towards dude. the end at the elimination, Laurel didn't get any screen time this this episode except for with Horatio. Just off history, that's kind of a good thing for Josh because usually the people that stay later in the game don't get confessionals early on. Yeah, they get them later when everybody leaves. Well, yeah, I mean, and there's winners edit theories, but those change year to year just depending on the series. Um, Can I just say Jack's fucking shirt in his confessional two weeks in a row? The one it's like a collared silk shirt. I'm here with like a like a built in ascot. Very much. Was, was he wearing it again this week? Yeah, I, yeah. It was two weeks in a row, oh, and I, I saw didn't even it. notice this week. But I remember it's a, last week. It's a fire shirt, like low key, kind of remind me of Fred from uh, from Scooby Doo. But well, technically, <sighs> like from what I understand from talking to the challengers, they're supposed to have like one outfit that they continually wear to all of their confessionals, and that's how production it gets away with taking something they said here and moving it. You know up towards putting it wherever they want in the in the in the season really it's their confessional shirt exactly yeah so i mean you know it's it's kind of like that although i do love that most of the challengers don't do that they usually change their outfits through the season once again production showing why they don't think things through because if you want them to wear one fucking outfit 
make them wear the outfit that you give them. The yes. shirt that says the challenge <laughs> and their name. Duh. It's the same one the whole fucking year. Just wash it. Do confessionals the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also uh, I kind of want to see Jack in something more showing. Cause is like, is he yoked? Like, is he a swole dude? I can't he's tell. Big. He's, he's a, a big, he's a big dude. guy. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I feel, I feel like he is, but the, the shirts he wears, you can't ever really tell. But uh, yeah, I feel like he's got some size on him. I feel like a good size comparison maybe would be like Corey Lay went in Spies Lies. Not now, because I feel like Corey's put on a lot of muscle since then with his lifting. But I think that's a fair comparison. Probably about six foot, six foot two, two fifteen ish, two twenty is my assumption. But I might be completely off, but I'm just guessing on that. Anyways, that, guys, that pretty much wraps up the challenge recap for this week. Yep. Um, At this point, I feel like we can stick a fork in it and move on to this great ad from Anchor. By Spotify? You got that. Ding, 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 ding. All right. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us through that long ad by Anchor, but it was very informative <laughs> and very much like the best things in life. Free informative stuff is great. Um, it's priceless info for you. Yeah, no, it's just invaluable. <laughs> um, with that being said, let's go ahead and move on to our Survivor recap. What do you guys say? Yeah, I am fucking ready Indeed. for this. All right. Yeah. So we've got uh, Survivor 43, Episode 6, Murgatory. <laughs> I thought that was an interesting word. And I know it's used in the episode. I believe Ellie says it at some point. Tiffany from 41 coined it. Mm. Uh Okay, fair, fair. I've never seen a combination that good since Phenomaly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so just starting right out the freaking gate, there's like no kind of really anything. It just opens right up on everybody kind of getting their merge letter-ish. Tells them that they're getting ready for the merge to drop their buffs, collect all their belongings and head out to the new beach, which turns out to not be a new beach. It turns out to just be Baca's beach, (laughs) which I'm like, dang it. So we were almost 100 percent right last week in our predictions for what was going to happen on Survivor, because if you guys don't remember, Tony and I talked about how this could potentially be the merge episode. And I had said that I like when they go to an all new beach and they have to start all over from scratch. Obviously, they didn't have to do this. But I do wonder what made production choose Baca's Beach, because in the past, what I've noticed is like normally they'll have a competition or they'll go and it's drop your buffs and then whatever. And then they get to choose whose beach they go to, like which tribe's beach they want to go to. But it didn't seem like they had any say in the decision this time. It was almost like production just chose which beach they wanted him to go to. And it's strange, too, because like um, the Cocoa Beach had papayas and yeah. like almonds and stuff like that. And I don't know that beyond coconuts that they've really found much at Baca's Beach. Yeah. So I don't know necessarily why. Now, the other thing that it could be is it could just be that Baca's Beach is the actual beach where they normally do the merge because it's Fiji. So they reuse the same beaches. Right. So it could just be that that's the one that will kind of house the most people. Yeah. While still being fair when it's like a six person tribe. Um, I found it interesting, though, like because we focused on Coco for getting the initial letter. Everybody was stoked. And then Carlo was just like. I'm going to hold off. It is Survivor. Yep. Because like anybody who's seen the last two seasons knows that it's the potential for half being safe, half not. 
also the potential for the hourglass twist because they don't know that it's not coming into play. Right. Yeah. So she's just like, I'm going to hold off on my celebrations until we find out what's actually happening, which is just another case of like Carla having an incredible read on the show. Yeah, well, and, and Noelle did it, too. It was after they had actually yeah. gotten to the Baca Beach and she talks about she's like, this is not a traditional merge because there's no bu- buffs here and there's no feast. So at this point, I, I, I'm not going to celebrate this like as if I've made it to the merge because this is not a merge yet. Something more is going to happen. And, you know, again, like you said, it's just having that hold on the Survivor game. Yeah. Now, she does also like at first I was like, what are you doing? Yeah, because immediately she started telling Owen like everybody's advantages. But on the second watch, it made sense because on the second watch, it clicked that Owen, James and her were the ones that went to Advantage Cove. He basically probably would have asked, what did you get? Yeah. And and she would have said, I got to steal a vote. And then they she he very easily could have asked, like, I know that Janine lost her vote. And she would say, yeah, Jesse lost his vote, too. Right. So it's very easily explained when you realize that like Owen was with her when she got the advantage. But the first time I was like, what are you doing? I did Why too. Are you telling people you just met everything. I know. I thought the same thing. I literally like I started to write into my notes. I was like, why is Noelle telling Owen about her steal of vote? I don't understand this. And then like it was like five minutes later, I was like, wait a minute. They were went to the Advantage Cove thing, whatever it's called together. and. Uh, Owen was one of the ones that she had convinced to not risk his vote yeah. so that she could and she could get the advantage. So he already knew and she had something. They'd work together too, right? Exactly. So and this built some trust for her. Yeah. yeah. And it didn't really like divulge too much. He knew that she got something because the, they they didn't risk anything. So exactly. she was the only one who could get something. Right. What I did find interesting, though, is that it, 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 for me, it's the things that happen in the game that are unintentional, right? So like the moment where Noelle is sitting with Ellie and they're talking about Cody and she's like, oh, you'll, you know, what you see with Cody is what you get. This is how he always is. You know, he's a really awesome guy. Like he's super cool. He totally like weaved this hat and like used beads from everyone's bag to make this really awesome hat. And so she's telling Ellie this, which Ellie knows what this is because her and Janine just got the bead thing last episode. So now she knows that Cody has the, you know, the beware advantage for getting all the beads. And it was it was something that Noelle gave away a huge piece of information that could be used against Vessi. But she didn't even know what she was doing. No. And one of the other things that I noticed that's like totally inconsequential, but I thought it was hilarious when everybody's right on the beach, as soon as the boats roll up yeah. and they've got like, I don't know if they have a narration over top of it or there's just music over top of it while everybody's talking. Jesse and Gabler are talking tattoos. Yes, I did notice that. (laughs) Like, that's a great moment that like serves no purpose. It doesn't necessarily add to it, but it's just something that we're like, as somebody with a lot of tattoos, when you see somebody else who has a lot of tattoos, you just start talking about tattoos. It's relationship building, you know, and that's really like what, you know, survivors like foundation is. And obviously, like they really dive deep into this and into tribal later in the episode. But you know, trust and building those relationships is all you really have out on this island. So I, I don't know. I think that little moments like that, even though they may not be like consequential to the actual game, they do play a part in the social aspect of Survivor. Yes, I do want to say something that I totally forgot to say, like way earlier, mm-hmm. which not related to Survivor, but 
when Rick asked me about my be a goldfish uh, poster. Yeah. A friend of mine designed it. Um, oh, that's cool. They are Wild Frontier Design Co. And she does like a lot of pop culture stuff. Nice. And then also she does like commissions and everything else. So we can link that down below. Yes, we will absolutely link that. But I would feel very bad if I did not name drop her because I love it. No, I'm good. You double. I'm glad you doubled back to that. We will absolutely link that down below. That's pretty cool. Um, definitely, uh, you know, support artists, guys, support artists. But uh, moving on, um, they go into the challenge next. And, you know, this is kind of like a Jeff lets them know, like, you have to earn your way into the merge. You have to earn your merge buff. Yet again, another, you know, we were totally right on our prediction of this. It's going to be two teams of six and one one team is going to end up being safe and have immunity from the tribal and the other team is not. But I do love how Jeff makes it very clear to them that there very will clear. be. Yeah, there will be no flipping of the of the results there. If you win, you win and that's it. It's not going to change after that. And and so I think Survivor got the message from the fans and the competitors that that was not something that anybody liked. Yeah. So they have two teams of six. They have to move 20 sandbags and then like some coconut debris and stuff onto their platform and which will uh, reveal a sled, which they then have to drag along to different stations, collecting large crates along the way. They'll end up with six crates and they have to build a staircase and like the side of it has like a, you know, like survivor logo thing on it. So they have to build it a certain way. They can't just stack these crates. They have to build them up, grab the key, climb up to the top and grab a key. Once they get the key, they have to go and run up a really steep ramp. And once they all get to the top, there's a, a puzzle up there. It's a survivor phrase puzzle. First one to complete it. That team is safe. The winners will get a merge buff and they'll also get a merge meal. And the losers will get no buff and no meal and must go and survive tribal council. They, uh, again, are going to draw rocks, colored rocks, blue, red. And there's going to be a gray one in there because there's an extra person. Whoever draws the gray rock gets to choose which team they think will win. And if that team wins, they're safe with that team. If that team loses, they're not safe with that team. So I, I don't know. I, I, I guess there's really no other way to do it and still keep the teams fair, but it just feels so shitty for that person who ends up drawing the gray rock. They've done it a lot, like in past seasons when they've had uneven teams where they will get somebody to basically choose which team they're rooting for. And then they kind of live or die in that challenge based on the team that they've chosen. I found it hilarious that Jeff used the term ride or die. Yes. <laughs> and also... Even though Rick has stepped away, I do have to say when they did like the massive drone shot of this challenge. Yes. Sarah and I both said to each other, Rick's going to love that. <laughs> it was a good one. It was a really good shot this week. And he he definitely did mention that because he got to watch a little bit of the episode. He just didn't really get to pay much attention to it. Uh, but it was a good shot. I, I'm I myself am becoming fond of these drone shots over these yep. challenges. I've never really paid attention to them before Rick started mentioning them, but they do a good job with that, man. They have some really good videography with those those drone shots. It's a huge contrast, too, because especially like where we do the recaps of the challenge right on the back of Survivor or vice versa, because the challenge, they obscure so much of the daily so that you don't know what they're doing and you yeah. sort of have to figure it out while they're doing it. Yeah. Whereas with Survivor, 
it's really well explained, but they also have like this huge sweeping visual where you can see the entire challenge and sort of piece together the instructions that you're being told where the challenge, like you kind of get a brief summary of what they're going to do and you can kind of see behind them what the thing is. But sometimes like I I'm halfway through the challenge before I've got a grasp on what the rules actually are or what, what the they're outcome doing. Is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you on that. Anyway, so they go ahead and they draw rocks. Noelle ends up getting the gray rocks, so she's kind of the odd man out in this. But the team's breakdown as follows. They got the blue team with Gabler, Jesse, Ryan, Janine, Dwight, and Carla. And then the red team has Cassidy, James, Ellie, Sammy, Owen, and Cody. Noelle ends up choosing the blue team as her, you know, ride or die team. Yeah, Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, I try to talk a couple times, but it's like, okay, can hear me. That's the first time that I've heard you. Yeah, same. That's so weird. Sorry, did you want to add anything in before we keep moving since it wasn't working? <laughs> well, I just want to say, we'll get it to, but I'm new to Survivor, but I really, really like on Survivor that like each leg of the competition is so important because, you know, yeah. like comebacks on the challenge, they happen, but they're very rare. Yeah. And you see in this episode, like, it's just like each leg so important. Like you think, oh, they have a huge lead. They're good to go, but yeah, make up for it. Well, and that shows in this in this daily right here, because right out the gate, like red takes off in the lead. Blue's not far behind them, but red definitely has the lead for a good majority of the challenge. And they all get to the uh, the ramp. And this was the part that I found the most interesting out of this whole challenge was watching the different ways that these teams were getting their players up this ramp. I think that blue or I'm sorry, I think that uh, red definitely had the better approach getting some of their stronger and taller players up to the top and then, you know, helping each other by pulling them up and stuff. That thing that Ryan did was fucking insane like i I was very impressed but that was fucking insane so many things could have gone wrong with what he was doing and i was just sitting there the whole time like oh my god oh my god this is gonna be so bad and it worked out really well it did yeah it worked out really well yeah you could tell that he was methodical with it but it was like it was incredible to watch yeah i hope he uh that's one i really hope we see on the challenge because one he's a specimen and two yeah he just he just gets it done And he's a nice dude. Yeah. He problem solves quick, figures out a solution and gets it done. But yeah, that was that was something crazy. (laughs) That was crazy. She was like grabbing his pants and his shorts. I was like, careful where you grab. Yeah, that's going to be bad. Like, (laughs) let's be careful here. okay, guys. But she dude and shouts to Carla, too, because she smashed her fucking hand under those crates at one point. Yeah, she was like bleeding everywhere. Really good. What did she smash it on? I didn't catch. I saw the, her bleeding. The boxes, like the the crates. She got oh. her hand smashed with one of those. Like every time mm. that they showed her finger, it looked worse. Well, and Jeff made it very clear that those crates were heavy. They heavy. were not like empty little light crates. They were heavy crates. And that thing fell on her hand. I was expecting her to have a broken hand or a broken finger or something. But I expected them to pause the challenge, like the the challenge until they got it looked at. Because sometimes they'll do that. Right. Um, it's rare because it's rare that somebody gets like properly Injured, hurt. Yeah. But that looked like when she gnarly. knowing that knowing that she was going to have to climb something 
and use that hand. Yeah. But she did it. She beasted it. She yeah. did. I was so, like, I I love her. I am so here oh, for Carla. I'm so here for her. I was her. just going to ask that's an info because like I'm new to the show. Do people leave Survivor because of injuries very often or that's a very, very, very it's not rare thing. often, but it's happened um, either like um, some people have gotten hurt and then it gets infected. Some people have had like accidents. There was one guy who they were coming back from something like and he, they were all on the boat and the boat hit like rough waters and he like really messed up his back on the boat ride back and he had to be medically evacuated. But there is there was a challenge in I th- I think it was either Game Changers. I think it was Game Changers. It might have been co-wrong, mm. but there were like three people who got like taken out with um, heat stroke to the point where Beast Mode Cowboy got medically evacuated from the game yeah. entirely with it. But like there were people just dropping in the challenge. Yeah. So there it does happen, usually not within the chat, like the challenges themselves. But there have been I can I can think of probably two or three where people have been medically evacuated because of the challenges. There's one where there's a huge platform that you had to jump off of into a net. Yeah. And you were they were instructed like implicitly of like jump a certain way. Um, And this girl didn't and broke her wrist and had to leave like and it was one of the first challenges. Well, wasn't it wasn't it last season on 42 or maybe it was one I was rewatching. It's so hard for me to keep these in order because like I'm rewatching old seasons while watching the current seasons. But I want to say it was in 42 or maybe even like 41 or something. But the the guy who messed up his shoulder and he tried to stay in and then ended up getting sent out of the game. Do you do you remember who I'm talking about? Maybe it wasn't in 42. Maybe it was just during a random rewatch. But I mean, there have been instances. I mean, there was the one guy who yeah. fell into the fire and had to get care flighted out um, yeah. in season, uh, season. What was two. that like two? Yeah. yeah. So it, it's it's gets crazy sometimes, but not yeah. a lot of injuries. It tends to be more like um, like infections and things like that, because it'll be yeah. a small injury. And then it's it's basically impossible to like properly treat it. Who was what's his face? He got a really bad one on his knee. Neil. Um, okay. Yeah. In Co wrong. Yeah. I believe. And then he was still able to be on the jury, but it was the first time that they ever had um, an advantage where you got to remove one of the jury members. Right. And it was Michelle's winning season. And she removed Neil because Neil was a guaranteed vote for Aubrey. Right. Yeah. That was a crazy season. Uh, Anyway, so getting back to uh, Survivor 43, uh, you know, obviously both teams get up to the top. Red makes it up there first, but they're really struggling with this this puzzle, this Survivor phrase puzzle. And Blue gets up there, gets to work. And it's like it just click, 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 click for them. And everything just starts falling into place. Blue blows past Red and gets to a point where, you know, they both know what the phrase is, but Red just cannot figure out how to get it how to get it in, how to make the pieces fit together. It's a weird to, puzzle. It, is, it was a very odd, weird puzzle, but Blue fucking killed it and they end up winning immunity. So no- Noel is safe and all the other six players on the Blue are safe. They're all getting their buffs and they're going to get a big old merge feast. And uh, unfortunately, everybody on Red is now up for, um, not elimination, but they're up to be voted out. Yeah. The, I would also like to point out that by Blue winning, my entire fantasy team is safe. Yeah, there you go. That's always nice, huh? <laughs> I think this 
I think this might be the first uh, the first player that Corey has lost off Survivor. Isn't that right? It is. Yep. Wow. Yep. It's been a rough couple of weeks for me, Challenge and Survivor, draft-wise. <sighs> okay, so I I don't even know where to fucking begin with this absolute disaster of a tornado that happens once everybody gets back to camp. Because... I... Yeah, I'm just so yeah. Tony, I'm going to let you kind of take the lead on this part <laughs> because I have so many different notes here because like everybody was all over the fucking map and there the the, yeah. the votes changed like 1700 times. Like oh, I know. <laughs> So I will start by saying it would have been very interesting if Sammy would have would have won yeah. the challenge because because he's 19. Mm hmm. Most of the time when there's a feast or an advantage or anything like or like an, uh, a reward challenge <gasps> where there is alcohol involved, Jeff says, whoever, oh. you're not able to drink. So there will be soda. Right. Or they'll he'll say there will be soda or whatever. They would have right? all so known he Sammy, lied. Sammy said that he's 22. Mm. I don't necessarily know if Jeff would have known that to. To not say it in a challenge, like obviously he probably knows that just from like production and everything else. Right. But if they if he would have won, conceivably, Jeff could have said, and Sammy, as you know, um, you're not able to drink. So there will be like other beverages there. And then it would be a matter of like, why can't Sammy drink? So it was I was kind of like low key. I was low key hoping that Sammy would win until I saw that my entire fantasy team was on the other group. So then I was like, well, I want my team to win, but I also <laughs> would have really liked to have seen that interaction yeah. to see if Jeff would have had the forethought to not say you can't drink wow. and just say like something else. There'll be beer and soda available for yeah, those who exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, but it would that's just, a good I was, point. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't think about it until the rewatch. And I was like, wait a minute. Oh, that my could God. Be very interesting and could conceivably blow up his game. Oh, yeah. Because he's been saying that he's 22, which, yes, it's just lying about your age. But then that also calls into question everything else you said, because it's such an innocuous lie um, huge. to go from 19 to 22. Yeah. So. Well, and and I get it's, it. Like it's it's a huge thing. Like I know it's just a number, whatever. But on this uh, Survivor Island, and again, you know, they they really dive into this later in the Tribal Council. But trust is is the only currency and the most valuable currency that you have with these other players out on the Survivor Island. And if you're lying about something as simple as your age, the yeah. first thing everybody's going to wonder is what the fuck else are you lying about? Exactly. Probably everything. You know, so like it seems so small to just like add a few years to your age. But these people are also like and the thing is, is you hear this so much when when these survivors are talking is, you know, it, it's about these relationships and getting to really know these people out on the island and learning to live with them and creating this 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 society almost, you know. Yeah. And so it, people are not going to trust you if the very first thing you told them about yourself is that. You know, like the very first thing you said, it was a lie about how old you are, you know? Yeah. So, oh my God, that's a great point. I didn't even think about that. And that would have been wild. I would have loved yeah. to see the fallout from that. Well, that's the thing too. And like, it's really interesting how everything split because Cody's so up for elimination. Cody's the only Vessi. And then you've got Cassidy and James from Coco, but then 
the majority of the people up for elimination are actually Baco, which is Owen, Sammy and Ellie. Yeah. Um, so Gabler and Janine are on the other group. But basically, like they hit the beach and James immediately asks Cody to go and like talk to him for a second. In which front for of one, everybody. Red, red flags. But the other thing, we don't actually see what they talk about. Like no. we never they go away and then we go to Owen and Ellie. And Owen's just like, I don't trust James because he just like basically took Cody to go talk to him. But really, even if James got Cody to go with him and Cassidy, then all it does is tie the, the six of them. Yeah. And then it's based on whoever's left for, because everybody can still vote. It's just a matter of these are the six that are up for elimination, which kind of makes the conversations really weird yeah. because half of your tribe is not there. But right. everybody is still going to be voting. So you basically you six have to have conversations. You seven have to have conversations. And then you have to find time to come back and talk together and figure out what you're doing. Tie it all together. Exactly. Yeah. And that it was just it was such a, a I don't want to say a disaster because it was actually really intriguing to watch all these different conversations happen. But there was just like so much happening at one time. It just like. I just felt like I was being like thrown all around in all these different directions watching this whole part. I was just like, this is crazy. And I legit did not know how the vote was going to go when all of these conversations were over. And so much tea was spilt. It yeah. was dumped and poured all over that fucking beach. And I am so here for it. Oh, my God. I, I loved it. <laughs> it was it was interesting to watch because Ellie went really hard. Ellie like sort of sealed her own fate, but not in the same way that Lindsay did. Right. Like, so Ellie says to Owen that Cody is going to be the decoy vote. Right. And that Cody should just be fine with it. Like, which is dumb because nobody ever wants to be the decoy vote. And by telling somebody that they're going to be the decoy vote, then automatically that's going to raise red flags. But then Ellie and I think Ellie and James talk briefly and she basically he says, just give me a name. And she doesn't want to at first and then basically says, I'm not going to vote for Baca, which means that Sammy and Owen are safe. Right. I'm not voting for myself and you don't want to vote for Cassidy. And then she just sort of like lets it hang. And he's like, so Cody. Yeah. And she's like, <laughs> yeah, well, sure, because it's everybody wants somebody else to say the name uh -huh. just so that they have the information that you said the name not they said the name exactly because she does the same thing with cassidy because she basically gets both of them to say cody's name rather than her saying it but they have both have the conversation that it's going to be cody before she ever talks to cody about potentially being the decoy vote yep and then the actual plan is to split the votes on cassidy and James, because Baco wants to work with Vessi. Right. Yeah. Because they've been working together through, you know, the last couple of challenges. Yeah. So then we we basically stick a pin in those conversations. And then we go to the merge feast. Oh, my God. Which is just as chaotic. <laughs> Messy. It is often. Yeah. I appreciate that Ryan's like, this could be final seven. And then it's crickets. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> because, again, Everybody has like half of their alliance is not at this feast. Right. Yeah. Then they kind of go around the table and say who they want to save, which is hilarious. I do like how like literally almost everybody was like, like yeah, no, we want to save Cody. Like everybody yeah. is digging Cody right now. They're like, yeah, no, he's off the table. Like and I did like that. Everybody agreed on that. But then from there, 
it was just like a clusterfuck of everybody wanting to save everybody that was up for fucking for for tribal, you know, and so except for Gabler. Yeah, it was just like everybody said who they wanted to save, which was everybody from their tribe that was in the other group. And then it gets to Gabler and he's just like, well, I want to save Sammy and Owen. Yeah. And then Janine's like, well, I would like to save Ellie. And then somebody said, basically, like, so everybody wants everybody to be safe then. Mm-hmm. And he just goes, well, Ellie went through my bag on day three. So, yeah. And then Dwight's <laughs> eyes fall out of his head. Yeah. He just <laughs> dumped that out there. Like, he just offered it up on offered Ellie up right on a silver platter to everybody. Hey, yeah. she went through my shit. <laughs> like yeah and well, in front of janine and he that that man gave no hey, fucks in that moment hey, not one single yeah. fuck was given by gabler in that moment because he knew that janine was going to go and tell ellie exactly what he said he had to have known that well yeah and like janine was like shocked that gabler would go for ellie which is ridiculous because the two of them have been gunning for gabler the entire time including looking through his bag to see if his idol still worked and then trying to make him think that it didn't work. Yeah. And then just continually complaining about how annoying they find him and that they're basically just deciding whether to go with Sammy or Owen to get Gabler out. Yeah. And like, no. Oh, yeah. They it just was so strange. And then, yeah. So then it like (laughs) goes to Carla, who's just like, so Gabler drops this information and then I have a sip of my beer yep. because I am not getting involved in this. <laughs> she, yeah, she's she's the little fly on the wall because she's in there. She's taking all of this in. She's making notes. She is taking note of everybody's position and what's happening here. But she's smart. She's not going to get involved. She's not going to say anything. She hasn't talked to her people yet. So, you know, she she made a really smart move in this. And it's it's that kind of. That gameplay of, you know, you just kind of sit back and you people watch and you you take in what you need to know and you shut the fuck up. And I love it. Gabler then triples down with his confessional and just said. I said that I wanted to vote Ellie out. Because I want to vote Ellie out. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, cool. I don't think anybody was fuzzy on those details. Right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I just don't get why. Ellie was so strong, even with Owen there, because he was there when it happened. Yes. So strong. on like, I didn't go through his bag. You're that literally. Happened. I mean, technically, Janine did, but you were standing right beside her and got the information and opened it. Yeah. She got it from his bag and handed it to you. I Owen know. just happened to be sitting there and then ended up being point guard, but then didn't even do anything when Gabler walked up the beach other than being like, eyes oh, coming. Well, and then like Gabler calls Ellie out for not including him on, you know, Janine's idol that she found and whatever. And he's like, Owen and Sammy like told me everything. So then now that whole thing is going to get blown up. It's just like it's so all of it's so messy. It's so messy. My my favorite was her saying, I didn't go through your bag. And he's like, yeah, you did. And she's like, no, I didn't go through your bag. He's like, well, then Janine did. And she's like, no, she's like, I'm not giving somebody else's information out. That's not my business. That's not how I play. And he yeah. goes, well, she has the individual idol. Does the, um, immune, the fuck, uh, in individual idol. Yeah. 
And he was like, yeah, she was like, yeah, she does. I'm like, you just said you weren't giving up anybody's information and then proceeded to tell him that she had an immunity idol. Yes, exactly. Which I mean, he already knew, but it it was just yeah. it was just it was so stupid. And I didn't under, I hate I hated the way that she handled that because she was like, I didn't go through your bag. I didn't go through your bag. And he's like, well, then Janine did. And she's like. Well, I'm I'm not going to give out names. I'm not. It's like, bro, you just did. You just yeah. did by just saying that you it, it's I'm you not telling, or her. Yeah. I'm not telling you what other people have. Well, she what has an fuck? immunity. I don't. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you didn't tell me. Well, why would I tell you? It's not my business because everybody else knew except for me. Oh, my God. But I also um, I also appreciated. Where was it? Yeah. So then she goes to gate like she goes to. She goes to Owen and Owen Sammy. And Sammy and it's basically yeah. like, you guys just blew up my spot. And they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. He's like paranoid. Owen, come, Owen comes up and she's like, you told him that I went through his bag. And he's like, I didn't tell him anything, which yeah. is accurate. Which is true. Sammy, which is funny because it's only Sammy because Ellie said that she had a better relationship with Gabler than Sammy. And Sammy was basically like, I'll show you how much of a better relationship you have with Gabler. I'm going to tell him everything that you tell me from now on. But now Owen or Sammy's fucking pissed because Owen yeah. just or because Gabler just blew up their whole fucking like setup that they had. Yeah. I was just like, dude, everything is just like poof, just blowing up in this first initial tribal right out of the merge you're not even in the merge fully yet and you know why it's because once again much like coco when they didn't go to tribal for a really long time and then they still had people that they sort of needed to like get rid of to be a tight cohesive unit yeah baka was the same way baka needed that one tribal council to get either ellie or gabler out before the merge that was what they needed and it didn't happen so then all of this played out on like the main stage exactly. because all Gabler really did was give Ellie enough rope mm-hmm. to hang herself with because Sammy then said, basically she's the biggest threat right now because she now knows more than she should. She's a much bigger threat than James. Yep. But then like Janine and Ryan and Gabler are having I a love conversation. This. I love this. And then this. Gabler just like drops in the middle of that conversation that Janine has a hidden immunity idol. And then the look on her he's face. Like, can we walk off? Can we go talk over here? And Ryan's like, yeah. I won't divulge anything. You can just stay here. Bullshit, Ryan. Bullshit, Ryan. You <laughs> then, like, lock that away. It was. I also. I. I wrote it down in these notes, despite the fact that he said it in the preview for next week. But Gabler referred to himself as the Alligabler. And now it's the only thing that I can think of because he's like <laughs> the Alligabler's getting ready to strike or something like that. Yeah, and I, did see that. I so I wrote that the Alligabler is back and drops Janine's <laughs> idol to Ryan in casual conversation. Oh, my God. Yeah, what the. Uh, who I forgot who it was Owen or Sam. It was one of them that said we didn't win all these competitions for us to like be in the driver's seat right now for this to happen. And I, I kind of thought that point would save Ellie a little bit because it's like you have numbers. There was just too many people against Ellie at that point because she yeah. scrambled way <laughs> too fucking hard because yeah. it wasn't just Gabler. Everybody else was like, dude, like Ellie's a threat. And we need to get rid of Ellie right now. Well, the, the big thing, too, is in that exact conversation that Corey's talking about. 
Owen also said, one of like the big points of Owen's argument was we can't get rid of Ellie right now. We need to go in strong because Sammy and I still need our buffs. What he didn't say was that Ellie also needed her buff. Yeah. He just said that he and Sammy needed their buffs. I know. Which is very telling of like where he sees her fit. Yeah. But the whole thing was just like surface level Baca and then other people weren't quite figuring out, like piecing everything together. And it was when Dwight and Cody and Jesse were all talking like right at the bottom of this little hill. Yep. And then Ryan comes down and they told him they're like, just so you know, Ellie is trying to split the votes on James and Cassidy. Mm-hmm. But Ellie had told all of them it's Cody. It was Cody. Yep. So. Ryan just leaves that conversation, goes to the conversation with the remaining members of Coco. And he's just like, by the way, yeah, Ellie is actually throwing both of your names out, not Cody's. And then oddly enough, Ryan, who is just like, this could be final seven. <laughs> he's the one who seals the deal on Ellie going home yep. because he's the one that drops that final piece of knowledge to the last remaining group of people that don't realize that Ellie is scrambling hard. Well, and it was just like a big full circle because like Ellie started with Cassidy and James and telling them that about voting for Cody, even though she, that was her decoy plan or whatever, but that was where everything started. And it just like, it just came full circle back to them. Everything that had happened in those like couple of hours or whatever it was, you know? And at that point, like you screwed yourself. And I found it interesting, like Janine tells Ellie, you know, if she gets any inclination at all that Ellie's going in, she will use her idol on her. But it's like, yeah, I don't know, dude, like there's plenty of inclination around the island right now that that (laughs) Ellie is in trouble, major, major trouble. And it it sort of goes to like, even since I referenced Survivor on our challenge recap, I'll do the reverse. It sort of becomes that situation of like Jay and Michelle with Johnny and Raven. Right. Do you save them Mm -hmm. or do you let them go because saving them is going to put a way bigger target on your back? Yep, exactly. And in this, well, I guess in this situation, it would have worked because ultimately James would have gone. But there was that one stray vote on Owen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which which was was like which was likely because they figured if they were going to put everything on Ellie and Ellie has like the shot in the dark. Or she used like somebody gives an immunity idol or she has an immunity idol, then there's still going to be that one rogue vote on Owen, not taking into account the two votes that are going like James's direction. Right, right. Exactly. So we head off to tribal again. I I find it difficult to take a lot of notes on like what they talk about and the conversations that they have with with uh, Jeff. And again, You know, I didn't realize that they were like hours long, like you told us last week. But obviously there's huge chunks of these conversations that are missing. And so the one thing that really stood out to me, though, and I can't even really explain why it stood out to me. It just kind of like rubbed me the wrong way. And I felt like just yet again, it was just another stamp of, you know, her or another seal like Ellie, like sealing her fate with Mm. everybody there. But I forget exactly what Jeff asks her. But she admits that, you know, she's really scared and nervous right now about potentially going home. And she starts talking about how, you know, she feels like she was wasting time on somebody who doesn't see her value. 
And I was just like, everybody knows who you're talking about. Everybody knows. And now you're just like passive aggressively talking shit right in front of him, in front of the whole tribe. Like, that's just another little tick for why they should send you the fuck home. Yeah, I think it was something along the lines of like with when you're at this point in the game, like every second counts. So do you really want to spend five minutes talking to somebody that's not going to benefit you in the game? Right. And I like I find it really interesting that that Janine and Ellie are so absolutely floored that Gabler doesn't want to work with them. Yeah. When you look at everything that they've done towards him, the only thing the only thing that they are missing is the fact that Sammy has told him every single thing that they've done directed at him. Right. So they think like if you take out everything that they think that he doesn't know, then I could see how it might be like, why won't you work with us? Right. But, but he then knows if everything. you think about maybe he knows the things that we've been saying about him and the things that we have done, then it would stand to reason. But to your point of like, especially this tribal is really hard to take notes because really Everybody was being super vague, super cagey. Yeah. Nobody really said anything. Nobody really answered any questions. The biggest thing, like the biggest points were that it was a total scramble from the moment they hit the beach. Yep. That half of them are safe. Half of them aren't. I really liked what Sammy said, which was if somebody plays an idol or an advantage that you're supposed to trust and they say that they trust you them playing it can actually cause trust issues because it means that they don't actually implicitly trust you. And if you didn't know that they had that advantage, then you can't totally trust them. But then I, I believe it was somebody else who had also said that like, sometimes the smart move is to not make the big move. Exactly. Yep. I don't remember who said it, but it's true. Well, to pull a Tony and reference the challenge, it's kind of like Fessy not throwing in a vet. Yeah. Making no yeah. move is the smart move. Yep. Yeah, Sometimes, exactly. Yeah. Just kind of keep the status quo. And then Janine tried to kind of reel Gabler back in with her statement about like gut versus paranoia. Yeah, that was and messy. You're like paranoia is in the moment, but your gut is basically using like historical information from days prior to kind of fill in those gaps. And it's better to trust your gut than to give in to paranoia. But I mean, both of those, <laughs> what she didn't know is both of those for Gabler were still saying photo deli. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I that mean, was stupid. <laughs> comes down to the vote. Ellie goes home. Cassidy gets a vote from Noelle. The only thing that I can figure is maybe she might have been like kept out of like, she might not have update. They might not have had a chance to get that last piece. Right. Uh, Because basically once you leave the beach, you're under like lockdown. You don't get to talk anything. You all have to sit in whatever transportation you are going in, in absolute silence. You're not allowed to like interact with each other. Right. Anything like that. Yeah. So that's all I can figure for her. I already kind of said like my take on on Carla, where it's likely they were just trying to throw a vote somewhere so that there was coverage if there was a shot in the dark or like an idol or advantage in play. Right. James got the two votes, but then Jesse and Janine couldn't vote. Right. So Ellie goes home. I, I did like her final moment Ooh. of y'all see what trusting Gabler will get you. 
And Gabler just said right back at you. Like, what are you talking about, Ellie? You've literally been after this man since day fucking one. Why are you being so salty right now? Because you lost? Because he got you before you could get him? Like, that's really what it boils down to for me. And that sucks because I liked Ellie when this game first started. And then just like this last, like from the beach to the her leaving in the tribal, I was just like, bro, like, come on, just... He got you. He got your ass. And that's just that's the game. That's Survivor. Like, you know, yeah, I don't I don't even know if it's he got her ass because it's like at the end, just say they make it that far. It's like, what did you do? I just think this was solely decided on which side Sammy took. Yeah, he would have took yeah. Ellie's side. Gabler was probably the wrong one gone, but he took Gabler's side and, you know, yeah, played out. But yeah, he was I think he was the one that pretty much decided if who went. Elliot said before that, you know, she'd found the the strategic and social game of the social game so easy and she had such a great handle and she was a great player. Yeah. And once again, it's a challenge of God striking down some someone with too much hubris. Yeah. I I don't yeah. mind it. And that's the thing is like she's a great player. I one hundred percent want to see her again. Oh yeah. She because she because of the three tribes set up. She was sort of like isolated in like that mini world of Baca where she was the strategic force yeah, in that group. But she didn't have the chance to put many of those moves in motion beyond just like laying all the groundwork. So when they actually ended up going to tribal, it wasn't just the five of them. It was the 13 of them. Right. So there are all of these variables that you had no way of accounting for. And I think that like her dig at Gabler on the way out is just once again, like people do it and it's just to like, it's just to paint a target. Yeah. It usually, I would say probably about 75% of the time it works. Right. Because it's easy. If you say a name and you throw just a little bit of shade, it's just enough to be an easy vote the next time around. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see Gabler lasting too much longer once, you know, now that everybody's merged, I think he's going to be an easy target for everybody. But it was just like one of those moments where it was like game aside. I was just like, come on, dude. Like, yeah, I think she's the uh, Ellie's the perfect because what was it the last time she saw the puzzle? It's ADD that she said she had. Right. I don't I think know. So, yeah. yeah. Something like that, but I did think because my wife's that way. I just think she's the perfect example of it because one puzzle she absolutely crushed. Mm-hmm. And then the next one just completely spaces it out, has the lead, can't put it together. And I just think that's the truest definition of ADD, ADHD, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. But it's just like you hear sometimes, other times it's just not there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And like there's there's a lot going on at that challenge, too. And the puzzle was slightly unique that it was there are a lot of variables going into it. And I think that like I think that you mix up the six that are up for elimination and you could get a different result quite easily. Oh yeah, of course. But it was just a perfect storm of like Gabler dropping that one seed at the Mm -hmm. merge feast and then her working so hard on the beach because once again, she's back in a group of like five or six where she's able to strategize and able to make those big moves. But then the rest of the people get folded back into that. And then the stories are getting corroborated and everything else. And that's when you start to poke holes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I mean, overall, I thought it was a really good episode. It was definitely some messiness that I've been waiting for. I think that with the way that she left and a lot of the crazy shit that happened on that post challenge, you know, beat all those beach scenes post challenge and the merge feast and stuff. 
I think there's going to be a lot more drama unfolded, unfolding from all of that. And I'm actually really excited to see, uh, you know, how this pans out in the next episode next week. Yeah, it's going to be a lot more chaotic um, yeah. now that everyone's together, because what's interesting about this cast is there's so many dynamic personalities and so many people that like when you're watching it and you see them on the three tribes, you're like, these people would work really well together right. if they were on the same beach. And now they're all on the same beach. And now you don't have to stick with your tribe. Right. But now, shit, yeah, now all the tribes are four, four and four. Mm hmm. Exactly. It's, so that's it's what's going to make it interesting is you're going to have everybody has their votes again because Jesse and Janine only lost them for this tribal and they were safe, which is fantastic. But yeah, now it's four, four and four. Everybody has their votes, at least right now. Gabler's idol's done. Yep. So Cody, Janine, Carla all have idols and Noel has a steal a vote. Yep. And I think that that's everything that's in play right now. Yeah. Because the knowledge is power went out with Geo. Right. And that, that's it. Yeah. yeah. And the other, the other thing was the fact that they had their votes taken and taken away. Back. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, did we, did you have an MVP for the episode? you want to talk about Tony or? I gave Ryan MVP for the challenge and yeah. for the flipping upside down and all that, of that good stuff. And also for being the final nail in Ellie's coffin by just happening to be in the right place at the right time, getting the information from one group and giving it to the other yep. in like a perfect transition that didn't ri- raise too much suspicion. Yeah. My winner picks are Carla, Jesse, Sammy and Owen right now. Nice. I love it. My my MVP was the same. I also gave it to Ryan um, with an honorable mention to Gabler because Gabler dropped that little tiny seed that mm-hmm. was needed to sprout everything that happened. Obviously, Ryan, for the same reasons that you said, he just he had a really good episode. And I feel like he kind of made up for last episode. <laughs> yeah. I thank him for that. And my winner picks are still the same. Um, I've got Carla and Jesse are still my favorites. I think that Jesse is playing really, really smart. Same with Carla. They're both and they're both playing very similar games, just kind of laying low, yeah. collecting information, trying to stay out of the spotlight. And, you know, I'm here for it. So I'm I'm excited to see the rest of the season. Definitely. Did you have an MVP, Corey? Um, yeah. Sorry, my little baby's singing over there. Oh, I don't know if you're here back there. <laughs> little Mario. Little Mario. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We had a couple of Halloween festivities tonight. But yeah, my MVP. Uh, yeah, I think just Ryan, because. Like, I don't think they win if he doesn't do that upside. Little baby. Yeah. Stop singing, boy. Aww. But, uh, yeah, he does the flip upside down. And then Gabler, like, I don't think Gabler is going to make it to the end because he's playing a fast and loose game. But mm-hmm. just at that time, to drop that information, create the questions around Ellie was pretty slick. Pretty smooth yep. move. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And for winners, yeah, I think um, I think Jesse... And um, I think Owen, if he keeps flying on the radar, or Sammy, that's about all I got. Yeah, <clears throat> I like it. What do you What do you got? Um, I I agree with you guys all for MVP. Um, for my winner, I'm still kind of. I just feel like Carla. Yeah. Yeah. I love her. I love I just, the way she's playing. The edit she's getting is. It reminds me a lot of Marianne's. Edit she's last fucking year. smart too. Yeah. Carla is yeah. smart. 
but like she's survivor smart. I don't even just mean like book smart. Like she is survivor smart and I am here for her. I am sure she's both though. Oh, I'm sure she's, but I just mean like, no, it, I know. you I'm know, giving yeah. You shit. I'm just giving you shit. That's all. I think there's, there's a clip of her and Jesse like talking game next week and I'm here for it. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I'm here for that for sure. But I mean, I think other than that, we uh, we just have fantasy. So where fantasy. we sit, where are we sitting with uh, survivor fantasy, Tony? So we are officially in the part of the game that will get more points quicker. Nice. Um, because we are now as initially it was like two points for your tribe winning. Um, now it's five points for the individual winning. This week's a bit of an anomaly because there's seven people that got immunity. So five points a piece. I was going to say, did you run it as an individual immunity or as a tribe? I had to because the tribes are dissolved now. True, so yeah. I couldn't really do it by tribe. And I kind of went back and forth on it. It was like there's seven people. So technically it's not individual immunity, but they're all individually immune within a group of 13 mm. and the tribes are dissolved. So I was like, for this week, it'll be a lot. And then next week it'll level off with just like five points for whoever wins. So. Just to kind of give a recap, last week, um, Corey with 119, Rick with 94, me with 83, and Karina with 64. Confessionals, Corey, you got 15 points, uh, seven of them from Ellie, so that won't happen next week. And then <laughs> Gabler, Owen, Cody, and Cassidy all had two apiece. And Gabler won immunity, and then you got six points for people voting for the right person to go home uh, for a total of 26. Rick, you struggled a little bit this week because um, you lost Geo last week and Dwight was the only person on the season with no confessionals this week. Yeah, of course. Sammy got you three, but then Dwight did get you five points for winning immunity. And then both of your people voted for Ellie. So you got four points there for a total of 12. Karina, you've got one for Ryan, two for James, two for Noel for five. Uh, Noel and Ryan winning immunity netted you 10 points. And then you got four points for the correct votes uh, because Ryan and James voted for Ellie. But then Noel was the stray Cassidy vote Yeah, for 19 points. Um, I got three from Carla, four from Janine, one from Jesse for a total of eight. I lucked out with the immunity wins because all my whole team was on the winning team. Um, so I got 15 points there. And then I evened myself out by getting zero points for correct votes <laughs> because Carla voted for Owen and Jesse and Janine could not vote. Right. For a total of 23, which brings us to Corey in first place with 145. And Corey, you have officially lost your very first player, which is impressive. You made the merge. Yeah. Um, Rick and I are tied with 106. And then Karina is not too far behind, especially at this point in the game with 83. We do have points. So Ellie did not make the merge, but we do have points for when the merge actually happens. Yeah. That you do get points for actually making the jury. Gotcha. Okay. So those will come into play like next week and whatnot moving forward. Cool. I believe so. Yeah. That's awesome. uh, I don't know Survivor that great. So is Ellie part of the jury or no? So she is just shy of the jury. I believe that probably, probably next week they'll start with the jury, but they will, they will say like Jeff will say like whatever number person voted out and first member of the jury. Yeah. But yeah, 
jury being on the jury gets you five points and making final tribal gets you 10 points. I love it. Awesome. Freaking Corey is absolutely killing it in Survivor uh, Fantasy. I know, right? Doing really good, right? Fantastic. (laughs) Great drafting. No. But um, yeah, I mean, that pretty much wraps up our uh, our Survivor recap and our Survivor fantasy. Uh, you know, good season so far. I think that this merge episode, Murgatory, uh, <laughs> was needed um, to kind of spice things up a little bit in the season. And I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for the messiness that's to come. And, you know, I'm excited to see all of these people compete individually together. Uh, you know, and see like how like Ryan stacks up individually to others like Owen and stuff, you know, so yeah. I'm, I'm I'm pretty stoked for this. It should be a good, uh, you know, second half of the season. And I'm liking I'm liking that there's no set villain, but there's enough people that are playing a shady game that it's starting to come to light. Yeah. Like Sammy, Sammy may have gotten away with leaking all of the information to Gabler because Ellie's gone and Janine is now sort of by herself. Yeah. But he's also, I don't know if Owen knew how much he was telling Gabler. So that could be like the flip side of it. So it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out after this episode where there was so much of like every alliance going this way and that and like the tribes very much being decimated while still having even numbers from each group right um so i'm really looking forward to next week and see how like that first vote shakes out now that everything's even yeah i agree so am i am i wrong and like so like the only one i really really watched was danny season of survivor am i wrong in assuming that season was kind of very plain and dry not a lot of drama um there were there were elements of drama. There were it was not as like again, there weren't any like major villains. Um, the closest would have been like I guess Shand and Ricard, and they got more yeah. of like a mischievous edit than like a straight up villain edit. But the new the new era has not really done a like a straight up villain on their seasons. Besides Shan making a deal for like the cookout type of alliance and then immediately siding with Ricard, like I just don't remember as much drama from that season as I've already had in this season I've watched. It just feels like it's all over the place. It's a toss yeah. up. Yeah. I, th- I think some of that also came from like the first half of season 41, really focused on all of the advantages and all of the twists and things like that. So then you weren't getting as much like interpersonal stuff because I mean, Heather didn't show up until episode six and she was like, she was the fourth person out. Yeah. Final four. Yeah. So, and, but she didn't even show up halfway through. And then Erica who spoiler alert, who won, she like, wasn't really shown being nearly as like strategic or anything else because of the edit. But again, it was because her and, and Heather didn't really have many advantages in the beginning. So they didn't really focus on on them. Plus, their tribe won every challenge. So we only saw like five minutes of them at the start of any episode. Yeah, <laughs> I just remember that season. I was just felt like it was like, oh, got to get through. But this season, I'm just kind of like on the edge of my seat. Like, I'm like, oh, oh, shit's happening. <laughs> there's a lot more like there's a lot more like straightforward players, like people who hit the beach with a game plan. 
I think in 43. And that's not to say that there wasn't in 41, but they're really be they're really able to, because I think now that they're like, they've got two seasons in the bag of new era with twists and everything else. So that 43, they're kind of like, they found that balance between having advantages and also just letting them play old school survivor of just like alliances and blind sides and everything else. Awesome. Well, I mean, shoot, should we uh, close this out? I I don't have much else to, to add about a uh, survivor or challenge. All I was going to say to Tony's point is I think uh, 43 is, is really a, a hybrid, a blend of 41 and 42. Totally. 41 from the kind of like level keel of it all. Not me. We're not really a main villain. 42 with the over the top strategy. And you did have those main villains. Um, yeah. But other than that, no, I've got nothing else to add. So let's go ahead and knock this out unless you guys got anything else. I'm good. All no, right. I think we're good. Um, the only thing I want to add in is uh, make sure for everybody listening, make sure you guys check out the the links down in the description. Uh, we'll have all that stuff that we talked about linked down below. And then make sure you guys watch out for our episode that's coming out on Monday, Halloween. Uh, we are releasing a very special episode with Johnny Hickey. He is an award-winning actor, director, uh, and producer. He did a movie with CT, grew up with CT. He was CT's best man. He's got a lot of experience being kind of behind the scenes uh, with all different types of productions, as well as in the challenge world. He's got all kinds of cool stories, challenge stories, crazy stories about being at reunions with CT and just all kinds of stuff. Um, and he tells us some behind the scenes stuff about the CTs getting married special. Lots and lots and lots of cool stuff in there. Plus, you know, if you like movies, you like horror, this is definitely going to be an episode that you'll enjoy. So make sure you guys catch that. It will be releasing on Monday, October 31st, Halloween. So watch out for that. Uh, other than that, I mean, we've got a lot of people coming up. Um, we've got interviews with Kayla, with Corey Lay, with uh, James, and also we've got a special Christmas time, a special Christmas release with Derek Kay. So just make sure you guys subscribe so you get those notifications and stay tuned. All right. Well, guys. Um, oh, one last thing. Go rate us five stars. If you don't, <laughs> we're inclined to think you're a hater. Uh, but with that being said, my name's Ricky Hayes. Uh, sitting next to my beautiful, talented, gorgeous wife, Karina Hayes, <laughs> the one, the only, Corey, our raging Cajun Viator. And last but certainly not least is Tony Stats and fucking Info Lance. Woo. We want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. I'm still perplexed and flummoxed by the fact that you guys actually enjoy listening to us. But you keep <laughs> on keeping on. Just keep on trucking. And in the meantime, like Karina said, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you have your notifications turned on so you get those new episodes right when they come out. As come, always. Check, come check out our IG. We are playing some fun Halloween-themed hypothetical challenge games. Come check out our IG. That's the last thing I wanted to add because those things are super dope. Yeah, yeah so, they are. Thank so you, go, Rick. So go check out our IG um, ASAP. And other than that, you guys be good to each other. We love y'all. Good night. Later. Peace. Bye.